What's up, dude? It's the Vigorous Q&A. All right, let's get started with a couple updates. Um, I did a, a podcast with Dr. Jordan Shallow last week. It's already live on his YouTube channel. It's linked down below. Already got 5,000 views, but do me a favor. After you uh, are done with this Vigorous Q&A, scrolling through the timestamps, obviously. Right? Nobody's going to sit through two and a half hours of Vigorous Q&A besides yours truly, because I have to. It's my job, after all. But after you're done with this video, uh, give that podcast with Dr. Jordan Shallow a watch. It's called Drug Do's and Don'ts with Vigorous Steve, linked down below. Um, last week, YouTube uh, decided to fuck me in the ass, basically, and we already lost monetization, great. Uh, YouTube decided to fuck me in the ass regarding the comments, so the comments were turned off on two videos, and I've been going back and forth with the creators or the creator support of YouTube, telling them to turn on my fucking comments on all the videos that they automatically turn it off for. It seems to be some sort of internal bug. Uh, bug. That's why I didn't want to upload on uh, Thursday, and I never upload on Friday because everybody's out drinking and partying and having a good time. Um, I'm working, though, but nobody's there to watch, so I'm not going to upload anything. So Thursday, I didn't upload a video that I wanted to upload because I wasn't sure if the comments were going to be turned off automatically, and that's not worth um you know getting fucked in the ass over <laughs> so um uh, hopefully next week everything will be um you know uh, going back to normal next week will be the cardarine video it's called the non-cancerous dose of cardarine will drop on monday then let's see what else we got um and i already forgot <laughs> got another video what is it called oh yeah best beginner performance enhancing drugs Right, it's just a redo of an older video, but a little bit more in depth. Now it's 22 minutes instead of 16 minutes. And I got a podcast with a doctor. No, it's not not a doctor, but a a chemist, Jake Benson, who you guys might have seen on the Mark Bell Power Projects. I think he's done three three podcasts with them. Two times with Joe Sullivan, the guy that squatted a boatload of weight and then couldn't re-rack the weight because the bar was bended all over his back. He used. I know some sort of shitty bar to to lift like 700 pounds so uh, the bar was bending and he wasn't pretending so he is uh, basically helping joe sullivan out and he's uh, very knowledgeable when it comes to data atp all these kind of niche and novel compounds that are uh, very very practical for bodybuilding powerlifting strongman etc so we'll have a, a podcast with him next week and i'll probably do another muscle nomads with aaron time for an update and discuss uh, what's going on with him so uh, those are pretty much the updates i think yeah so fingers crossed monday the comments will be on as normal because uh, this week it was abysmal you know i should normally get like 200 comments on the videos that i posted let's see a tuesday and wednesday but i only got 130 because i kept uh, you know the comments get kept getting being turned off and I had to turn them on manually every single time. So after complaining to YouTube, they finally fixed it, it seems. But with YouTube, you never really know. All right, let's get started. Uh, Emperor Shreve, uh, Ty Clark sent those studies yet or is he? Uh, yeah, I, 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 one, uh, one guy found the study. So I linked it in the previous uh, Vigorous Q&A and uh, that was all uh, I was able to get. So. I've asked Tyne Clark uh, for the studies, but he is not able to be uh, reproduce them. And maybe uh, those studies uh, don't exist. <laughs> so <laughs> let me turn this uh, air conditioning on a little bit better so it doesn't melt. It was pretty hot in here when I came. So yeah, it is what it is, man. 
at least, you know, with Dr. Adil Khan, when he talked about something, then I was able to find some studies to do additional research. Uh, and that, that does look highly promising, even though the therapies are kind of expensive. So let's get started with the other questions. Marcus, hey, Steve, three months uh, lead up to a tested competition. Three weeks before the test, remove the testosterone propionate, master on propionate, switch the testosterone suspension. Take this out one week before. Okay. Uh, master on propionate has a much longer detection time than three weeks. So uh, I'm not entirely sure. I don't have my notes with me here, or do I? Oh, maybe I do. Yeah, I do have the detection times here because you guys keep uh, asking. <laughs> Let's see, what is the detection time of masterone? Uh, drostenolone anatate is five months, and uh, drostenolone palprinate is two months. So you can run that for another month if you're three months out now. And then after that, you're going to have to discontinue that. But you can you can continue with testosterone propionate because that has a detection time of two weeks, and then you switch to uh, testosterone suspension. So you can run that up to like five days before you show. Again, these detection times are based on scientific evidence, assuming that you have normal kidney function, and it might be based on one administration, not multiple administrations, which would uh, slowly increase the you know the metabolites and then the, the testosterone variants that are detectable with the uh, carbon radioisotope uh, method, and that means that the detection time might be a little bit longer. So keep that in mind. So again, take the masterone propionate out two months before the competition, take the testosterone propionate out two weeks before the competition, and um, let's see, take the suspension out, let's say five days before the competition, but ideally seven days, just in case. All right. Jiz asks, and this is a wall of text, so bear with me, Jiz didn't understand that he should only use 200 characters. Hey, Steve, I asked about uh, new tissue a few times, if you remember. This issue a few times, if you remember. No, I don't remember. I get uh, thousands of questions every week. After running DECA on a bulk, then cruise and trend on a cut, I've had issues with gyno, such as, uh, as gyno with low estradiol and nulva, bloating, crazy water retention, very slow progress, especially with fat loss. While on trend, I got my progesterone checked. It was 11 nanomoles per liter. Now, over two months later, it's still 8 nanomoles per liter. I'm only on testosterone now. Nothing else. Uh, I don't want to go down. It's causing me massive issues. I don't know what to do. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You know what you need to do is send me your blood work and schedule a consultation because this is not something we can fix over a vigorous q and I'm sure you understand this. Right? I'm sure you want to go the easy route. And if you can't afford me, just hire somebody else because with these issues, like here, four, four messages of issues, what you need to do is hire somebody for a consultation who can help you interpret your blood work results and go back multiple times either, you know, over the phone so we can diagnose you and send you on your way. This is not something we can fix over um, a live stream. So decide who you want to go with. Luke asks, hey, Steve, LDL runs uh, high in the family, clean, low saturated fat diet using azetamide, but LDL still around 150. Could benperdoic acid prescribed, could get benperdoic acid prescribed for cheap? Don't want to take statins. Any experience or thoughts on benperdoic acid? Uh, I've never heard of benperdoic acid, or do I have any experience with that? Um, but if you're genetically high, uh, have high LDL and you're already taking azetamide, um, then you might need a statin, you know, and you could start with the rice, which is uh, a natural statin. 
and that's probably the mildest statin you can take, and maybe in combination with the zetamibe, 900 milligrams or 1800 milligrams of rice is more than enough to bring your LDL down to uh, 100 or maybe even lower, right? And make sure you also check your lipoprotein A, uh, APOE A, APOE B, uh, and all these other, uh, you know, uh, uh, lipid parameters, because if, if it runs high in your family and you're just focusing on LDL, maybe that's not enough. Right? If you have cardiovascular disease in your family and you're just focusing on LEL, you should also focus on the other issues. So next time you go in for blood work, uh, check all the markers related to your lipid parameters and then a look at the red yeast rice, which you can buy over the counter at iHerb, Amazon, and a couple other websites, which is significantly milder than other statins. Sometimes you just got to buy the bullet, man, and take uh, all, the, all the preventative measures. All right, here we go. Yo, Steve, I'm with my family eating my uncle's pizza. Fucking banging quality. All right, send me, send me some of your uncle's pizzas. Some pizza rolls. Um, <laughs> I'm still moderate, just might miss uh, one or two idiots. Behave people. Okay, yeah. That's okay, man. It's, uh, it is what it is, but there's so many super chats and member questions that I don't even get time to see the other questions most of the time. <laughs> I had to say it, but it's a wall of super chats and member questions. Uh, a bodybuilder, Leo. I'm also uh, curious if Tyan sent over those research studies. No, he has not. Um, I've been absent for last Q and A. So on the previous vigorous Q and A, I posted one citation that a, uh, a loyal uh, watcher and subscriber has sent to me on Instagram or by email, I can't remember. So I put the citation in the previous one, you know, let me make it easy for you guys. Since you guys keep asking, let me go back to the previous live for you. And then just copy paste it. Where is it? Yeah. This study from Jones et al performed on January first 19 or published on january 1st 1977 so take it all with a grain of salt the effects of fluorostrimesterone administration on testicular function published in the journal of clinical and uh, endocrinology and metabolism right full publication link down below so yeah tyan has a lot of uh, studies but no citations to any of them so we are still patiently waiting tyan all right here we go do you ever use a blood flow uh, asphyxiation training? No, I've never done that. You know, I, I do uh, uh, enjoy an occasional uh, squeeze, but um, that's about it. And I never really looked into it. It's it, you know, how does it compare to steroids? Probably negligible. So it's it's something that you know naturals would use. And just like with any fad in the fitness industry, you know, these kinds of things they come and go. And it was very very popular, and everyone wanted to try it. And then you saw nobody really made any significant progress. And of course, there's a couple of guys that swear by it because they also sell those, uh, you know, those uh, cutoff bands. So uh, it's, it's the best thing ever and it's better than steroids and all the growth factors get trapped and blah, 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 blah. By my uh, asphyxiation band, you can wrap it around your arm and only goes up to 17 inches because they're meant for natural. So I decided it wouldn't fit, fit on my arms. <laughs> say it um and then now the fat is uh you know lengthened partials so you know a trend in the lengthened partials you don't have to do full reps anymore just make up your fucking mind and go to the gym and have fun man jesus fucking christ <laughs> anyway no i've never done that and i think if it was really really good everybody would be doing it right what what is everybody doing steroids because that really works 
Uh, yeah, Zetamide, Citrus, Bergamot, Berberine, all have synergy and LDL. Good combo. Uh, I like Harry Berberine for HPTA. Hemoglobin amylase you control. Yeah, very true. But in this case, you probably still need to statin. Adrian Croak. Hey, Steve. What's up, bro? Uh, watching with my girlfriend right now. She's wondering how much muscle you've dropped since going natty to try for a kid. Uh, got any before and after photos? Um, well, I don't know. Doesn't look like much. What does your girlfriend say about this? Look at this. Actually, I fasted for a week last week, so I'm extra small right now. Um, right now, uh, or at least this morning, I uh, reintroduced food today. This morning, I was 91 kilos. And for all you uh, non-binary guys out there, uh, kilograms to pounds, uh, don't get offended. Right? We're just cracking jokes here. 200 pounds, right? So I wanted to fast another day, actually. Um, but yesterday, I had to, the, the podcast with Jake Benson, and I was zoning out a little bit here and there. You'll probably notice that next week when it drops. So I didn't want to zone out again today on the vigorous Q&A, so I reintroduced a little bit of ketogenic foods and had my grillamide response. So I'm, uh, I'm sharp as fuck right now. Lots of swearing today. Shit. Um, so anyway, how much uh, weight did I lost? I was 110 kilos when I cut the steroids out, but I was a little bit fluffy. I was fitter than now. Then I was 92 at my lowest. Then I increased the food a little bit. Then I got up to 96. And uh, after a week of fasting or five and a half days, I was 91 uh, kilograms. So that's 200 pounds. So again, for the non-binary guys out there, 110. So that's 242 pounds down to 92. That's 202 pounds up to 96 to 210 pounds and then down to 91 200.6 pounds and remember guys below 200 pounds is not a man actually it's below 100 kilos below 220 pounds is not a man um if you're five nine right height depends but you know i think if you're five nine uh, you should be about 100 kilos if you uh, consider yourself a bodybuilder and now i don't consider myself a bodybuilder because i'm not doing everything that you need to do as a bodybuilder which is uh, one of uh, which is uh, taking the, the the juice Actually, you can be a very good natural bodybuilder. I mean, there are plenty of uh, examples out there. And I'm not natty in any way, shape, or form. I'm taking ATG, FSH, growth hormone, and I just finished some Incrolex. So uh, I'm far from natty. And of course, my, uh, you know, all the muscle that I built uh, that you see right here, right? Look at it. That has been uh, built on steroids. That's why this physique is still bigger than any natty walking around on the planet. And there might be natties, uh, fake natties out there that uh, are bigger than I am right now, but they're not natty. All right. Iron Grid, uh, send you a picture for the pizza. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right, this is probably the best cheat meal I've ever had. I don't know how to go back to just starches and simple protein again. Well, if you start eating shitty pizza or great pizza every day, then it becomes boring and normal. And... Uh, you know, let me see. Yeah. Iron Grid is uh, on the fucking pizza train. You're making me hungry, dude. All I had was eggs, uh, salmon, <laughs> chicken, and some yogurt today. Oh, well, tomorrow's cheat day, and then I'm gonna blow up to 210 pounds. There we go. Uh, more Ty and Clark questions. Hey, bro, what do you think about Ty's claims that T3 can be used to upregulate AR in low 
steroid responders. I'm considering throwing it in at the end of the week six to gouge if the gains don't stop. Uh, could be, but uh, thyroid hormones increase sexual hormone-binding globulin, which then increase cyclic adenosine monophosphate concentrations in the the uh, fuck in the in the nuclei, right, where the androgen receptor binds, and uh, or within the cell. And then uh, that acts as a cofactor for androgen-mediated gene transcription, just like estrogen is a cofactor and zinc is a cofactor and selenium is a cofactor. So you can take all the T3 you want and increase SSBG somewhat for uh, increased cyclic adenosine monophosphate. But if the zinc and the selenium and the estrogen isn't present, then you will get a marginal response. But if all four are present, then the other cofactors which help with androgen-mediated gene transcription, including um, you know favorable GAC repeaters, which uh, kind of, you know, determine how tightly those androgens uh, bind to the androgen receptor. And then you get a lot of response. So, you know, if you're a, a steroid non-responders and you're a, a, your GAC repeater are unfavorable, then it doesn't matter what you do. You will not really get a good response. It might still be so unfavorable that serum concentrations or serum androgen concentrations build up in bloodstream. And thus, um, because they don't bind to the androgen receptor at all. So they float around their bloodstream and you're like, oh, I have 1600 nanograms per deciliter testosterone levels, but you don't look like it in any way, shape or form because the androgens don't bind. So um, T3 might help with that. I had a lengthy discussion with, um, man, what's his name? One second. I just had a podcast with him. All these names are, I always forget. Ryan Root. So after we were done with um, our podcast, I uh, talked for Ryan with Ryan for another 40 minutes or something. And we discussed, we discussed sexual hormone-binding globulin receptor complex. So he's also very knowledgeable about that. We discussed thyroid hormones, which he figured out like decades ago already when he was coaching all those people uh, that was also ordering products from him. That he noticed that, uh, you know, some people got better response after going on a T3 medication. And then he figured out that it went through the sexual hormone-binding globulin receptor complex because thyroid medication is known to increase SHBG levels even if you're on steroids. So, um, right, this is just one of the methods uh, that could help. And, and thyroid medication would help with your metabolism also. And if that speeds up the delivery of zinc and selenium, of course, that will also act as a cofactor for androgen-mediated gene transcription. Uh, just make sure you ask for the citations. Um, right, if you quote studies, you have to provide the citations. As you always see from my video, fully cited fully cited who else does that name me one <laughs> name me one actually uh paul barnett and kurt havens have their membership section right and apparently that's all cited also but i haven't seen um i haven't seen that website yet big house assuming a healthy lifestyle is in place what are the next steps in terms of preventing hair loss from least invasive to most invasive. Um, you know, the low dose hormone replacement therapy with finasteride or dutasteride. And then uh, of course that can crush your libido. So, I mean, I'm not very knowledgeable about hair loss. As you can clearly tell from my scalp, I fucking hate hair. <laughs> I think hair is overrated. This is the only hair I have. I know that's a lot of details, but I just, I think hair is disgusting. So, but if you care about hair, 
then uh, assuming you're on testosterone replacement therapy, you know, you could look into a salt palmetto pie gym to control a uh, 5-alpha reductase enzyme activity and reduce the conversion of testosterone into dihydrotestosterone. testosterone. Um, then, you know, if that doesn't work, finasteride, and if that's, uh, you get a good result and you can transition to dutasteride because it stays in your system for such a fucking long time. So you have to try to finasteride first, right? We all know that we shouldn't go on trembolone inotates because it acts for such a long time. We use trinacetate. So you can consider finasteride and dutasteride in a similar effect. One is short acting, one is long acting. And when I say long acting, is so long acting that it's probably out of your system by the time you pass away. That's how long acting dutasteride right is months fucking months really so um that will be the second step you can always try the shampoos but those are also known to go systemic and some guys that uh, really over the do the shampoos they get a boatload of issues as i mentioned in the stereogenesis inhibitor video which i'll link right away down below um the real reason why you feel like ass so there's so many guys that just overdo the minoxidil and the ketoconazole and then it gets absorbed into a systemic circulation and they get all these weird uh, hormonal imbalances. So I'm not really a big fan. Again, guys, I would rather go bald than have my dick not work. And I've done so many consultations to fix guys with post syndrome or issues because they're too aggressive with their hair loss strategy um, that it's actually kind of sad, yeah, to see what people are doing um, regarding the prevention of hair loss. And honestly, you know, those hair transplants, I, I've talked to a lot of people who've done the hair transplants and it's reasonably inexpensive and it's reasonably straightforward. So, you know, without throwing the kitchen sink regarding uh, chemicals added, dutasteride, finasteride, ketoconazole, uh, minoxidil, et cetera, um, maybe let it run its course and then you spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars to get the hair transplant done. Or you go bald like I do uh says my face look great i just showed my biceps and my i mean it's my face that looks great oh well bring the girlfriend on over the next time you go to thailand and then i'll uh i'll show her what else is great actually no <laughs> that's your job uh, well lowering estrogen reduced body weight as estrogen makes you retain water in the context of making weight for competition um I mean, you can crush your serum ester dial levels at the end to make it easier to manipulate water and reduce your body weight. If you have to, um, you know, make weight for a competition, then yes, this is one of the ways you can do it. Um, it can increase hardness, but it can also reduce your fullness and pop to the muscle, right? Because now you're really not holding in onto any water. And then especially if you take a diuretic, then the, the, you know, the electrolyte retention is kind of marginal. And it also makes it very hard to carb up. So it really depends on what kind of competition you're preparing for. Um, you know, if it's for MMA or, or something along those lines, it might be okay, right? Low estrogen for a couple of days leading into the competition uh, and, and making weight, and you can kind of rebound out of that. But for a physique show, like a bodybuilding contest or a classic physique, it, it's not always desired to crush your serum estradiol levels at the end. And maybe in the beginning when you have stubborn body fat areas and you're still a little bit sloppy and bloaty and you're not as lean as you think you are, um, you know, you think you're 4%, but in reality, like 7 then yeah, you might need to crush your estrogen because you need to restrict and manipulate water so aggressively to compensate for the lack of true conditioning that you have. But if you have true conditioning, then you don't even need to do that. You can keep your estrogen high and keep the growth hormone in because you're so lean um, that you need the additional fullness to really, really pop. And the additional fullness is coming from keeping your estrogen normal and keeping the growth hormone in. But that's multiple competitions down the line. Um, and you probably have a, uh, 
you know, a coach by then. You don't have to ask somebody on uh, on a vigorous Q and A. <laughs> okay, damn Steve, Mister Still Your Girlfriend. Yeah, Adrian, cover your eyes. Uh, Adrian's cool, man. <laughs> she says, "When are we going to Thailand?" All right, come over. <laughs> come over. I'll show her around too. Um, what do you think about people who say cholesterol doesn't matter as much? High cholesterol, LDL runs in my family, but there isn't any history of cardiovascular disease or death. I still try my best. Um, the guys who say that that cholesterol doesn't really matter, those are the carnivore guys. And all the carnivore guys uh, are on testosterone replacement therapy or a little bit more, except for maybe Paul Saladino. But I think that um, the other doctor, man, what is his fucking name? Uh, Aaron Baker, is that, the, is that the name? Or Dr. Baker, what, what, is this, what is his name called? I don't even know. Anyway, the other guy that claims he's natural, I think he's on TRT. And, uh, yeah, well, Liver King, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Baker. Sean Baker, that's his, that's his name. Sean Baker, I think he's on TRT. And, uh, you know, the other guys. So uh, it's risky because TRT skews your lipid parameters. And I don't think there's any longitudinal data of men on TRT following a carnivore diet. I could be mistaken here because I haven't researched it. But as far as I know, nobody has ever quoted me a study that, hey, this guy's or this community of men has been on TRT for, let's say, 20 decades and uh, or 20 years, two decades. Fuck. <laughs> and they, uh, they've been uh, doing the carnivore diet and their LDL is like, uh, you know, 200 to 250, total cholesterol 440, and they didn't get cardiovascular disease. Right? I don't think those studies are there. So I would proceed with caution because the large majority of the scientific evidence shows that uh, elevated LDL levels over time in combination with uh, chronic inflammation and other uh, terrible things are not so good for your uh, cardiovascular health. So if you try to control it, then you're well ahead of all the guys that are not trying to do that. Tobias, doing four to five minutes uh, cardio after training uh, with splitting it up 20. Yeah, okay, don't be so uh, precise. 22 and a half minutes before and after impact benefits on cardiovascular health. Uh, I would not do that much cardio after training, man. I would rather do that in the morning. And then 20 to 30 minutes is already enough for cardiovascular health, assuming that's moderate intensity, you know, zone two cardio. That's a, the fancy, cool way to say it now. It's zone two cardio, bro. You need to go at a, a good pace where you break a sweat, but you can still hold a conversation. Just go fucking go get it, go after it, you know? Go fucking after it. And then 45 minutes, uh, I'm assuming you're doing that for fat loss. Do it in the morning. Yeah, but Steve, the scientific evidence says that it doesn't matter we do cardio. None of that scientific evidence has been performed in the context of using fat burners. So shut the fuck up, please. Please stop listening to naturals when you're not. <laughs> God. So, um, but yeah, you can split it up if you want to lower the load on your legs. Right? And you do 20 minutes post-workout and 30 minutes or 30, 25 minutes upon waking you know you can do that too or you do a morning cardio then you do a workout in the afternoon and then you do cardio before bed and it really depends on what you want but the cardiovascular benefits i think that's 20 to 30 minutes at moderate intensity is more than enough i've been doing that every day for day for years Big house. My experience with raloxifene for pu pubertal gyno was very disappointing. I still got surgery, took my 18 natty and had pu pubertal gyno. I took it at 18 natty. Okay. It shrunk noticeably, but still came back after stopping it. 
Okay, yeah, that's uh, my conclusion also after uh, running a loxifene at 120 milligrams for a month, but before I did 60 milligrams for two months, and my gyno shrunk by half, but uh, it's still there. So I would need to do surgery also. You know, now that I'm pretty lean again, I'm thinking about, I don't know, let's say around sub sub 10%, the gyno just gets smaller and smaller and smaller because the fat on my lower chest is getting smaller. From 30 milligrams to 120 milligrams quite for a while. Yeah, it's it's not magic, man. It's not magic. Everybody says, oh, raloxifene shrunk my gyno. You probably didn't have gyno. It just had fluid. Oh, talking about puffy nipples, Fred Go says, I have puppy ni puffy nipples. I can't fe feel any lumps. When I touch the nipples, they contract and look normal. I've tried tamoxifen or raloxifen, but nothing changes. Do you have any tips for me? Go do your fucking blood work and come back uh, next week when you have the results. Because you could have puffy nipples because you eat like an asshole. You could have puffy nipples because you play with them all the time. You know? <laughs> I have a puffy dick when I play with my dick all the time. So, you know, if you, so many guys, they uh, are, are super paranoid about uh, their nipples. And then they just keep squeezing it and squeezing it and squeezing it to the point that they, uh, they self-diagnose themselves to have puffy nipples. But it's in reality, it's just... Because uh, touch yourself all the freaking time. So stop touching yourself. Go get some blood work. Check your progesterone. Check your prolactin. Check your estrogen levels. And then uh, next time you, uh, you come over here, put your blood work down. Give me the reference ranges. And give me your cycle. And then we'll take it from there. But for now, the only tip that I have for you is uh, doing your fucking blood work. Because if you already tried tamoxifen and raloxifen, then it's very unlikely that it's estrogen related. Because those are, ex are estrogen receptor modulators. And... Um, yeah, if there's no estrogen to block, then yeah, it's not gonna change anything. Maybe you're just fat, dude. You know, I have puffy, puffy nipple too when I'm fucking fat. So maybe you just need to get your body fat levels down. But do your blood work first. Big house, the pinch and twist method. For yeah, that's what you know. Twister is coming out soon, and we're not talking about a new tornado movie. We're talking about. Hmm. Right. If my hands could spin 360 uh, degrees, uh, they would. All right. Uh, yeah, so, so is it D. Higgs or Jizz? Is it the... Yeah, so it is this guy, right? Buddy, I uh, would advise you to do full blood work. And... Uh, is that the same guy? Fuck. Where are we? One second. So many fucking questions here. I lost it. So much shit in this chat, dude. Guess we'll don't we won't be scrolling up and down anymore. Man. Yeah, here. Okay. 
Um, so regarding your water retentions, do blood work and do a consultation with somebody because I can't prescribe you hydrochlorothiazide if I don't even know what the hell is going on, right? You have so many issues and we can't diagnose you over the internet because you have long lasting issues. Your progesterone levels don't come down. Um, you've tried multiple different things already and I don't want to tell you to go take some hydrochlorothiazide when that might be deleterious to your health. So please schedule a consultation with somebody that you can afford. If it's if you can't afford me, schedule it with somebody else. Paul Burnett is doing consultations. Dr. Dean St. Martin is doing consultations. Kurt Haven is doing consultations. But you need to get some guidance for this, really. I beg you. You, you can't fix it yourself, obviously. And I can't fix you over the vigorous Q&A. Uh, big house. Uh, all right, that's enough from the member questions. Let's just keep going because it's all the same stuff. Vincano, super chance wants it. Okay, just uh, check uh, what text you want to post because I have a boatload of words in the spam filter. So uh, just post your message, and if it works, then send in the super chat. And you might have to uh, remove some words because the spam filter is thick because people are dicks. Uh, Rod Favor had a PSSD. PFS, post-finasteride syndrome, what is PSSD? Before I start rambling again, PSSD. Post-SSRI sexual dysfunction. All right. So you took SSRIs and finasteride. Holy shit. For two years, no libido, mute, muted orgasms, blood work is normal, high test. Would the recomm uh, recommendation be test primo HCG cycle? Uh, that's one of the things I would look into. Yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, serotonin reduction dopamine reduction all those things you can kind of determine with the entrepreneur nootropic deep dive video series where i discuss various over-counter supplements that help with serotonergic and dopaminergic signaling right which is definitely used should be something you should be looking into and then even if your blood work levels are all normal uh, maybe you don't have a good response at a dht that you have in your system now so maybe you need to watch those libido videos again regarding uh, testosterone, DHT, HCG, Cimax, oxytocin. So let me link it for you down below. Uh, let's see, post-finasteride syndrome, because I have videos on all of these issues. Let me link those. Fucking hell, man. One second. Promise you have like a million videos about libido and then you get too many results. There it is. Let's see. All blood work is normal. Test and Primo. So what I would do is uh, do test HCG, DHA, pregnenolone, Cimax, and oxytocin. Give that a try. Right. In the meantime, you look into the Entrepreneur Nootropic Deep Dive video series. Let me link those also before I forget. Uh, entrepreneur. I think it's the last two. Yeah, last two. That's the one about serotonin and dopamine. 
And you just use over-the-counter supplements to kind of help you upregulate your dopamine and serotonin levels. Shit, even modafinil can get that done. I think with 50 milligrams modafinil, you can have some good dopaminergic and serotonergic signaling. Everything is linked down below. Um, so whether that's uh, modafinil or, or L-tyrosine or uh, L-tryptophan with meals, right? Look into all of those options. Once you got all of that in place and you still not get sufficient orgasms, then look into uh, sourcing some DHT powder somewhere and then uh, start sprinkling it that uh, sublingually here and there, two milligrams, maybe even five milligrams, sublingual DHT. Right? You don't have to compound it into a cream or compound it into a DHT suspension. You could just take it sublingually and see if you get an acute benefit from that. Right? Because if you think you suffer from post-selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor um, issues, what is it? Dysfunction and post-finasteride syndrome. Who comes with these fucking abbreviations, man? So if you suffer from those issues and you add in DHT and neurotransmitters and it, you, it doesn't improve, then maybe it's not PSSD or uh, PFS at all, right? It, it would be a clear indication if your serotonin is up and your dopamine is up and your DHT levels are up and you still don't get a resolvement, then um, it's not that condition and you need to look elsewhere. All right, let's move over. Let's move on. Does that mean there are certain foods or diets to avoid if you want to reduce the gains of gyno? Well, you shouldn't eat too much soy, clearly, because those phytoestrogens might also interact with your estrogen receptors. You know, I mean, there's a lot of androgen disruptors and there's a lot of phytoestrogens. So if your diet is shit, uh, then yeah. I mean, I would eat, you know, single ingredient foods that expire within two weeks or, or you know, after reconstituting it, right? After cooking it, it would expire like rice or oatmeal or, or pasta, for example. So cook your meals fresh and, and make sure that the foods that you eat uh, are varied and don't contain phytoestrogens. And then you might be uh, well ahead. But I don't think you can get gyno from food unless you take so many androgen disruptors that the testosterone is not getting to the androgen receptor and your body fat levels are mad high because you're also unhealthy and fat. And uh, and then all the testosterone converts into estradiol and now you get gyno from that, right? It's kind of hard to pinpoint uh, you guys because I don't know how you look and I don't know how you live. So I'm doing the best I can with the limited information <laughs> that I'm presented. Uh, let's see. Try topical retinone cream on TRT. Acne off the charts. Should I try microdosing Accutane? Hygiene and diet is clean. Never had an issue in the past. Um, it could also be hormonal fluctuations, you know, or maybe you have a lot of bacteria on your skin. So why don't you start microdosing your TRT, um, just like you're thinking about microdosing Accutane to uh, at least keep your serum testosterone, DHT, estradiol, and all the uh, metabolic intermediates normal. Maybe TRT is not sufficient. Maybe you need DHA, pregnenolone, and testosterone replacement therapy for even better balance between your neurosteroids and sex hormones. I have videos about that in all the TRT videos that I uh, linked, right? Just type in TRT on my channel, you'll find it. And um, and then, you know, if that doesn't work, uh, maybe look into doxycycline to kill all the bacteria on your skin. 10, 10, no, sorry, 100 milligrams doxycycline morning and evening, 200 milligrams per day for maybe seven days to 14 days. That's usually enough. The problem is you have to repopulate your gut microbiome because you also kill all the good bacteria in your intestinal tract. So 
Um, and Accutane also comes with issues, so you're going to have to make a choice. Whatever sounds the least invasive to you, I would start with that first. Whether that's doxycycline or Accutane, right? that's entirely up to you. But you might also need Accutane after the doxycycline. And, and a low dose of 10 milligrams twice per week is already good to kind of control the acne. And it might mean if the acne gets worse, you keep the Accutane low initially and then slowly build it up. Because some people notice that the acne just gets worse when they add in the acne tane as the all the sebaceous glands are kind of pushing out all the leftover uh, sebum and then after a month or something it's, it's significantly less so right there's multiple things uh, you can look into and yes i have a bottle of acne videos on my youtube channel as well I recall you said KBR isn't a sustainable way to control prolactin. I uh, can't remember why or find the video. I never made a dedicated KBR video, but I'll mention to you here, uh, prolactin is high on trend and MPP. Well, what did you expect? <laughs> right? I mean, a combination of trend and androlone, that's, you're, you're bound to get some high prolactin because it's a lot of progestogenic activity and your estradiol levels might also be high, which is also a cofactor in prolactin secretion. Um, so you can either... Uh, go with vitamin B6, P5, P in a combination with L-tyrosine to increase your dopamine levels, which suppress prolactin levels, uh, or take the nandrolone out, which is probably worse for your um, prolactin levels than the trembolone is, or take both out. Um, and the reason why cabrogaline uh, is bad is because it causes left ventricular hypertrophy, and it has a tremendous strain in your heart, especially at higher dosages. Now, again, those are the dosages investigated in Parkinson's disease, not when you take a 0.25 milligrams cabrogaline once or twice per week to control your prolactin levels. But if you're already putting strain in your heart by uh, being on steroids, um, why would you want to put more strain in your heart by adding in the cabrogaline when there's alternatives to get the job done, right? You don't have to take train, you don't have to take nandrolone, and thus you don't need caber. You can get the job done with Test Primo and Anivar. For fuck's sake, why do you think I always mention Test Primo and Anivar? Um, because you don't need caber and you don't need to get negative effects on your heart with that combination. Uh, Tomasartan and Cardrine, good to run together. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that Tomasartan potentiates any additional fat loss alongside Cardrine. I mentioned that in the Cardrine uh, video dropping on Monday. So Tomasartan works on the uh, peroxisome proliferator activated receptor gamma and Cardrine works on the peroxisome proliferator activated receptor beta also known as the delta receptor so you mostly get uh, fat loss from cardrine through the delta receptor even though the ppar gamma can also uh, increase metabolic rate to group all of the beneficial effects together but i can't really say that anybody start magically losing fat even on 80 milligrams tomasartan per day but if you add in 10 milligrams cardrine per day you start to observe significant improvements regarding fat loss so if you want both together because you feel that uh, you know a ppr uh, the beta slash delta or gamma activation alongside of each other is beneficial based on the research you've done go right ahead right cardrine has very little effects on your blood pressure and telmosartan has very little effects on fat loss but maybe if you combine them and you hammer the ppr uh, delta and gamma hard from both angles um then yeah it, it might be good and and you know based on the cancer research that i've done it seems that the ppr uh, gamma uh, activation might inhibit certain cancers from forming uh, that might be activated or potentially grow from PPR delta activation as well. So, but it all will be explained in the best dose of cardering video dropping on Monday.
Imp to you. Uh, would a lower dose testosterone around 120 milligrams per week impair the effects of low dose strain at 25 milligrams per week? Do you have experience with clients running this uh, low of a dose stack? No. I mean, it's more an anabolic loads. So you go from 120 milligrams anabolics to 145 milligrams anabolics. It would only initiate more benefits. Right? And maybe a 25 milligram strenblone per week, which is what, net uh, 18 milligrams or something like that. Uh, so you basically get like uh, almost two, two and a half, three milligrams per day. I, I don't think um, you'll get much side effects, but it could be, right? Assuming you have experience with Tremblone in the past. Um, I've never had anybody run such a low dose of Tremblone though. And most of my clients uh, would run 150 milligrams of test and then maybe throw 50 milligrams of train on top. But if you want to start low, I mean, I'm all for it, right? Start low, build your way up based on your um, individual response. Go for it. Hey man, you're just showing appreciation. No questions this time. Let's take this time to hit the like button. Hey, hey, Manny's showing some love. You guys show some love too by hitting the like button hard. Hit the like button like your abusive parents, like you want to do with your abusive parents. Yeah, but just once, right? Put your life into the hitting a like button. <laughs> Heart and soul, putting it into it. Hey, Steve, I'm interested in optimizing my serotonergic signaling. I noticed you mentioned supplementing with L-tryptophan, but not so much with 5-HTP. What are reasons you prefer to supplement with L-tryptophan? Um, I mean, there's no, no benefit. It doesn't really matter. I supplement with both. I take L-tryptophan with meals, and I take 5-HTP before bed. I mean, it, it almost gives me like an SSRI-like effect. Um, you know, but... It, some people don't respond well to 5-HTP. They get nightmares or something, or, or they simply don't like it. And then, of course, you have that crowd that always says, oh, serotonin is the end of the world, and it's it causes heart enlargement, and it's this and that and this, right? So you're always fighting against people who think they know what they're talking about uh, because they read one study or listened to one quack <laughs> they found on YouTube. Um, I mean, it, it's benefits to both, man. Both have benefits, but you're going to have to experiment, right? If you want to increase serotonergic signaling, there's a million different ways to do that, which I highlighted in the Entrepreneur Deep Dive video series. So you can use L-tryptophan, get started with that, inject that during the day, and then take 5-HTP before bed because 5-HTP does make uh, people a little bit sleepy because it helps with melatonin secretion also. And you don't want to have melatonin present during the day. So you take your L-tryptophan uh, during the day with meals, and you take your 5-HTP before bed um, with a meal if you want to. And then you um, increase your serotonin levels in the intestinal tract and uh, also in the brain. And that might still not be enough. Maybe you still need an SSRI. Maybe you still need, um, you know, some of the other over-the-counter supplements which have serotonergic effect. Maybe uh, you still need modafinil. So, but you can start somewhere and then get some experience and see what your personal results are. Uh, hey, Steve, I'm in the middle of my PCT. I used genotropin 2AUs before bed and got some UGL. Clan, haven't used it, uh, UGL before. Is it worth testing? I don't want to fuck up my HPTA. All right, so you you are clearly new to this because uh, 2AUs growth hormone and clenbuterol has no negative effect on your HPTA. And I would not assume that an UGL is going to fake your clen with an anabolic androgenic steroid. <laughs> 
<laughs> so feel free to test it, dude. I mean, I would be more worried that it's accurately dosed, right? Maybe your tablets are 80 micrograms because micrograms are very hard to, to um, measure out if you don't have a proper scale or tablet presser or, or you know how to do that in capsules. Uh, I would be more worried that you get a fucking high dose of micrograms of clenbuterol per capsule and then you think you take 40 micrograms or 20 micrograms to potentially a little bit of anabolism and fat loss during your PCT to keep your lean. Uh, but in reality, you get five times the dose and now you're laying on the floor close to a heart attack. So if you want to test your UGL clin for that, I'm 100% for it. But growth hormone in clenbuterol has zero negative effect on your HPTA. That's just why I mentioned that in the half natty approved um, fake, or now the fake natty Instagram model stack, which was a lot of fun to make. Yeah, that was fun. That shirt is mad trippy, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had more. I love this shirt. It puts me in a good mood. <laughs> uh, everybody loves this shirt. You're funny that Alvaro, he sent me a link to uh, Alvaro, the timestamps guy, very loyal, found me a boatload of uh, mentions of, uh, he made a fuckload of money two weeks ago. Yeah, I sent him so much money, you guys don't even want to know. So because I, I offered that $100 reward, right, for guys finding me the discount code. So he went through all the videos. He's fucking loyal, man. This guy works fucking hard. Alvaro, uh, F in the chat for Alvaro JT. Absolutely, 100%. So he found uh, a lot of videos where I mentioned uh, discount code, so I was able to remove that. And because, uh, again, we don't want to get banned by the YouTube uh, AI. Um, and then he also found me where to buy these shirts. But those shirts are a little bit different. And they didn't um, they didn't ship uh, outside of Japan. I already checked. So that guy's a hard worker. And now he does timestamps for everybody. So initiative is uh, always very good. Let's see. C. Wicks took bloods 12 hours after 100 milligrams testosterone propionate shot into muscular test came back at 230. 30 nanomoles per liter. All right, let's go to convert that to uh, nanograms per deciliter testosterone. And moles to deciliter units lab. How much was it? 230. Nine. 6,900 nanograms per deciliter. Holy shit. It seems very high. I did 100 milligrams testosterone propionate shot intramuscular and it came back. Maybe maybe all the, the testosterone propionate with, uh, went right into your bloodstream. Maybe you shot it. In, yeah. Although it might, might have been metabolized by that time. Yeah, it seems very high. Hmm, might want to call the lab. Might want to do your blood work again. I mean, like 1,500? All right, I can see, but 6,900? Right, 240 nanomoles per liter? I don't know. Maybe call your lab, see what's going on. Or maybe you have super test. You never know, man. Zavon, can you speak on TRT and the digestive issues? Is there anything you would recommend a bodybuilder who's struggling with constipation or diarrhea? Diet aside, uh, fasting for a week. 
TRT has nothing to do with your digestive system unless you take a little bit more than TRT and then your histamine levels might go up and that might fuck you with your digestive tract, right? I mean, histamine intolerance can occur and that can increase your stomach acids production or leading to acid reflux. Maybe that's it. But a low dose of TRT, I think it's unlikely, but it could still occur, right? So look into that. Maybe do some sort of histamine test if that's possible. Um, if you have either constipation or diarrhea, uh, it's a little bit hard to pinpoint what's going on because those are opposing effects of the intestinal tract. So maybe you're not uh, hydrating at certain times and maybe you're overhydrating at other times, or maybe you're taking a boatload of supplements at a certain time of the day that cause constipation and a boatload of supplements that cause diarrhea, like magnesium citrate, for example. I, I take my thousand milligrams of magnesium citrate before bed. I mean, you're going to shit your ass, you know, asshole clean. So how about you start? from the beginning, fast for a couple days, see how your intestinal tract improves. I mean, I just did it. I feel fucking clean on the inside. My digestion right now, flawless for the next couple of months. So it's tough. You're gonna lose some muscle. You're gonna look flat. It's gonna be miserable, right? It's You're probably going to kill yourself and die from fasting, even though that's not true. But after you're done with it, you'll feel reborn, I promise you, all right? Sometimes you just gotta take everything out and reassess. Is MCT oil test E Monday 8 a.m. and Thursday 8 p.m. okay? Uh, yes, it's fine, but I would rather do CEPQ uh, every single day because MCT oil metabolizes very quickly and serum uh, levels uh, fluctuate quite a bit. Yeah. So I would rather do CEPQ every single day instead of twice per week, but th this would still work, even though you might get ser more serum estradiol out of that protocol. Uh, Wix Ramadan protocol, run keto, no food and uh, water for 16 hours. Okay, so how about you sleep during the day, which is a huge, huge cop out, but that, that is the best way to kind of deal with the Ramadan. And then many bodybuilders in, uh, in uh, Kuwait do that, actually. They just don't talk about it. They just sleep during the day. And then they only have to deal with uh, the no food and water for eight days instead of 16 hours or eight hours instead of 16 hours. And otherwise, um, is Ramadan coming soon? Maybe, right? So if, if it's no food and drink uh, for 16 hours, um, obviously I would eat as much as you can in the morning and eat a lot of cucumbers because they retain a lot of water. Cucumber and watermelon, which will kind of retain fluids within the intestinal tract because it takes a while to digest and it will slowly release fluids over the next couple of hours. So at least you're somewhat hydrating yourself um, while you're not allowed to have water and food. And then, uh, of course, you know, somewhat high caloric intake food, right? Uh, food with a lot of calories for the amount of food volume that you eat. Because technically, you can only eat two meals or maybe three meals if you follow Ramadan like it should. And you only eat when uh, the sun goes down and the sun comes up, right? Between that time. Um, when you can't distinguish the difference between a black line and a white line. Was that it? Right? Maybe, I, maybe I remember it incorrectly. Um, when the sun goes down. And you might have a meal at midnight, but if you have high caloric uh, density foods, then you don't have to eat so much food volume and you can stuff in more um, cucumbers, especially in the morning and watermelon, could, to, can he, which can he, keep you hydrated. Jesus fucking Christ. Which can keep you hydrated uh, while you're not allowed to drink water. And then run keto, I mean, if you want to, but the problem is with a ketogenic diet. Um, that it's easier to dehydrate because you lack glycogen to retain the water. So maybe that's not a good idea. But if you want to maximize your Ramadan experience for fat loss, then keto might be a better approach. <laughs> you just have to supplement with a lot of salt while you're still allowed to eat food.
Tomer, hey Steve, thanks for all the content. Uh, do you know the detection time for Lantus? The parent compound leaves quick, but there's also an M1 metabolite. Uh, never looked into an M1 metabolite that I'm aware of. Um, let's see, 24 hours. I know it's probably gone in a week. You know, I mean, HCG is detectable for about two weeks. Uh, that also has a 24 hour half-life. So, but it, of course that's a completely different molecule. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure. I've never had anybody fail for insulin or growth hormone for that matter. And most of my athletes would just run insulin and growth hormone up until the show. Uh, and even if they got tested, they'd never really failed for it. So I think that scrutinous testing regarding growth hormone and insulin is only being done in the Olympics and uh, MMA and some high level sports, but in bodybuilding, not really, dude. And again, for the other sports, you don't really land this. So I'm assuming you're a bodybuilder. Never looked into it. So I'm not entirely sure. Let me see. Let me check my notes. La uh, insulin. Insulin. Ah, no detectable, no, no detection times. All right, don't have it. Sorry. All right, if in chat, nice. Only two. Fuck, people are lazy, man. <laughs> All right, at least uh, we got two out of it. Uh, 2,000. What currency is that? Is that Indian rupee? Indian... Yeah, Indian rupees. All right, let's let me let me convert that to US dollars. Because we got a red sign. Twenty five bucks. All right, then I know that I'm gonna spend some extra time on you. <laughs> Much appreciated. Am. Hey Steve, I'm on TRT, 150 milligrams per week, and a Romsen 6.25 milligrams twice a week. All right, sounds good. Uh, total testosterone 1429 grams per deciliter. Free testosterone 71 picograms per milliliter. Not bad. SHBG 28. Sounds or looks good. Estradiol 41 also looks good. Prolactin level looks good. Low libido. Hmm. Low libido. Will HCG 250 ounce uh, thrice a week reducing testosterone to 100 milligrams help? Well, I need to reduce AI too. No, that's actually a good idea to reduce your testosterone to 100 milligrams uh, per week because I think you can get, uh, yeah, let's say 500 nanograms per deciliter. I mean, you see that your weekly testosterone dose times 10 is very close to your total testosterone dose in serum. So if you reduce the testosterone in a day to 100 milligrams, you would get approximately 1,000 nanograms per deciliter on your total testosterone, right? With this simple calculation of 10x your intake for your serum levels. And I think after a couple of weeks on ACG, you should be able to get like 400 to 500 nanograms per deciliter of testosterone produced in your testicles, plus DHA, pregnenolone, and all the intermediate hormones. Now, if your testosterone comes down with 50%, then your uh, total testosterone, your exogenous testosterone dose, your uh, testosterone comes down with uh, not 50%, one third. Your total testosterone comes down with one third, but your estrogen also comes down with one third from 40 to, let's say, well, 30 something. I don't know, 27 times 0.66, 27. That might be a little bit too low. So, with 250 IOS ATG, you probably get very similar levels as you have now, but the 
metabolic intermediates you will also get. This is why I always recommend HCG to be a part of uh, libido protocols because it's so favorable for libido. And again, I linked the best libido video uh, that anybody should ever watch down below already. And if you're in India, you can probably get oxytocin and maybe some max. And otherwise you have to source that online somewhere. Because I think that Samax and oxytocin combinations, I mean, I, I, I get these messages all the time on Instagram. Dude, this libido video saved my uh, marriage, right? These kinds of uh, messages I get. Uh, because the oxytocin and the Samax is just such a powerful combination. So um, add in the HCG, look for Samax and oxytocin, and I would start with maybe 500 micrograms Samax internasally or subcutaneously once per day. Uh, to increase the sensitivity to DHEA, pregnenolone, and other neurosteroids, and to help with a little bit of neurotropic benefits. And then the oxytocin, I would start maybe, I don't know, 10, 25 IUs intranasally or subcutaneously if you can find injectable, which is a little bit more harder to source. Um, and that will already uh, probably fix you. And otherwise, uh, eat, uh, well, eat more animal meats. I wanted to say eat more beef, but it's probably impossible. You know, maybe the Indian diet that you're following right now is not uh, the best. I had to say it, but the Indian diet, I think it's one of the worst diets uh, on the planet um, regarding its micronutrient content. And, and uh, you know, if you're vegan, then you're missing out on a lot of essential fat, fatty acids that you should be getting from animal meat sources. And maybe that's also ruining your libido. I mean, there's so many guys that have zero libido, even when their serum blood work parameters are completely favorable, but they don't get enough uh, healthy fats in their diets because they're restricting calories because they want to get lean. And then as soon as they eat a hamburger, again, it has beef, but then as soon as they eat a hamburger, the boners come back, you know, and they didn't change anything to their protocol. So... You know, try to eat some healthy fats, man, from animal meat sources. And if you're a vegan, then it's going to be very, very tough. So I hope this uh, sends you in the right direction, buddy. Thanks for the mega super chat. Uh, hear anything about finasteride and high test cycles one gram? Um, I heard a lot about that, but what's the question here? Regarding libido, regarding DHT conversion, regarding uh, if, it, if it's potent enough for your hair loss? I don't know, Bruce. <laughs> I could sit here for an hour answering this uh, question because I don't know what you're asking for. Oh, are liver adenomas formed from steroids? Um, uh, abuse. <laughs> abuse, obviously. <laughs> so, right? I mean, there's uh, documented cases of liver adenomas. Mm. Let's go to PubMed. Let's go to PubMed together. PubMed. Let's have a look. Stero oh, anabolic steroids. Otherwise, you get all those uh, glucocorticoid bullshit. Anabolic steroids. Adenoma. Hepatic. Holy shit. I found 47 studies, but those uh, doesn't mean... Yeah, benign hep hepatic tumors from oral contraceptives. <laughs> oral contraceptives. Ah, here. Benign liver cell adenoma associated with long-term administration of anabolic steroids. Methendianone. Oh, no. The Anibal is a 19-year-old man. Here, there we go. Sarm Goblin. Um, let's see. Hemoglobinemia treated three years. Three years. So a 19-year-old man. Man, I'll link it down below. But this is from 1977. This is probably Arnold. I'll put the full citation later on. Okay, I'll link it down below right underneath the single uh, citation that uh, Ty and Clark should have sent me. So yeah, there are uh, reasons for it, but I never really looked into it, what the exact cause it. Uh, but it's uh, in this uh, study that I found, a 19-year-old man got um, 
liver adenomas after three years of uh, the anabol um, self-treatment. So again, that's I, I would classify that as anabolic steroid abuse. What is the most potent fast loss PED stack? Actually, I have a video about that. It's called melting fat. Oh, wait. I have too many videos, man. I can't even overlay it in a simple one. Ah, here. Steve's most extreme fat loss five-day fasting mimicking diet. I document everything there. So it's basically running everything at the same time. Very unhealthy, but you know, if you want the most extreme fat loss protocol, uh, it's basically everything. So you have uh, a clenbuterol, multiple servings per day, 5-amino-1MQ, multiple servings per day, Yohimbine, multiple servings per day, growth hormone, multiple servings per day. If you can, if you think you yeah, get additional benefits from AOD 9604 or HEH-FRAG 1719194, Four, right, HS frag and AOD. Uh, run that alongside of that as well. Uh, a thyroid medication if you want to. And of course, the steepest caloric deficit you can be in, which is fasting. So, yeah, you could take all the drugs you want, but if you're not in a caloric deficit and you're not walking around expending your energy, then you're not going to potentiate as much fat loss as you want. Watch the video, it will explain everything. He doesn't have time to answer every single question, but he does answer non-paid questions. Oh, somebody can bitching about non-paid questions. <laughs> I want you to pay. Do you only answer paid questions? Seems I was skipped. Uh, really? Did you have a paid question? Like I usually answer paid questions and member questions first because uh, those people support me. So I want to make sure they get their money worth, right? And then depending on the, the amount of the super chat, I might uh, spend extra time to answer questions right? because I feel that you should get your money's worth. Um, and uh, But if the super chats and the membership questions are continuous, then I don't really have time for other questions because we only have two and a half hours and, and usually it's like two and a half hours of super chats. <laughs> Sucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniel W, wasn't TRT 200 milligrams a week? Been off all testosterone for over seven months. The secular size still hasn't fully returned, even with enclomiphene and high dosages HCG. LH is 8.3, FSH is 2.1. Will HMG or Nolvinix help? No, so you might need uh, icing the testicles and FSH. Right? Enclomiphene, I wouldn't run for seven months in duration. The longitudinal data is not very conclusive. HCG is fine. I mean, I've been running HCG for years now at higher dosages. Uh, but I, I think it's time for you to source some uh, Merck Gonal F recombinant FSH, 75 IUs per day, and start icing your nuts uh, 20 minutes upon waking, afternoon and evening, which will help with blood flow. Right? I discussed this many, many times. I know it sounds silly, but you wrap an ice pack in uh, a towel. Right? It's no direct contact. You don't want to freeze your balls off. Then you lower the temperature of your testicles, and then as blood flows in, um, you know, you bring additional nutrients to the testicles, allowing it to induce uh, or start spermatogenesis again. And then the FSH will certainly help with that. So HCG will only do so much for the testicles. And if you feel that your testicles are not fully back to normal, um, then FSH or recombinant FSH will help with that. 
because it seems that your luteinizing hormone is high, even though you're on high dose HEG, but your FSH is still low. So maybe your HPTA will never come back regarding the FSH. Maybe you need exogenous FSH. And, um, but the problem is with the exogenous FSH, it will, it might suppress further luteinizing hormone signaling also. So I'd give that a try for a month and see if your LH, FSH, total testosterone, estradiol levels uh, changed and then make, you know, further adjustments. But it might mean that you just need to run TRT and ATG and, 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 H, and FSH together for the best uh, possible uh, testicular size. My testicles are fucking huge now. It's annoying. Yeah, too many details, I know. Let's see. Uh, Joey, not a question, but found this to be a fun experiment the last time I cut for a show. Ran three IUs, uh, G, is it GHB or growth hormone? I'm assuming it's growth hormone. Cardarine SR9011, okay, and carnitine. Didn't do cardio or, or of work. Still ended up low single-day body fat levels. Okay. You found out a drug stack that works for you. Um but your calories were probably low enough that you still got a good amount of fat loss. So yeah, you don't always need to do cardio, but I would still advise it because uh, cardio is uh, good for your cardiovascular health. Ah, that's funny. I just uh, discussed this in um, in the cardarine video. It's it's good that you mentioned it. In Lyme arthritis patients, matrix metalloprotein S9 is cleaving off IGF-1 and IGF-1 binding proteins, which yields low IGF-1 in synovial fluid leading to poor uh, healing of tendons. Well, GHB enough. So all the scientific evidence that I found on cardarine is that matrix metalloproteinase 9 is actually cleaving off IGF-1 binding protein 3, but not IGF-1, and increases IGF-1 receptor signaling. But maybe uh, the study that you read uh, has a different conclusion based on that effect. I did not do additional research on this effect, um, so I mentioned that specifically in the cardarine video as a method to bring your IGF-1 binding uh, IGF-1 binding protein levels down, um, and and maybe increase IGF-1 receptor signaling. So, if you take GH, uh, obviously it will increase IGF-1 levels and IGF-1 binding protein levels, and that might be able to offset that. But I'm not sure what the um, how much. MMP9 is increased in Lyme arthritis, right? because I'm not specialized in these kinds of diseases. But it is funny that you uh, mentioned this because I just did research on it and it will drop on Monday. Now, we answered this one already. Uh, is AOD9604 the same as adipotite? No, so uh, anti-obesity drugs 9604 is a modified version of a sequence of growth hormone that interacts um, or, or induces lipolysis, right, through hormone-sensitive lipase. So it's basically the sequence of growth hormone that initiates fat loss. Uh, and adipotite is basically a um, um, apoptotic peptide that induces the destruction of fat cells. So this literally destroys fat cells, which sounds great on paper, uh, but if that adipotite goes systemic and it ends up in the kidneys, then it starts destroying uh, kidney cells there as well. So I would never fucking touch that ever. Yeah. Oreo statins. Yeah, there's scientific evidence that Oreos are better than, uh, uh, than uh, are good for lipid management. Let me see if I can find that uh, study. And this is uh, sometimes, uh, no, I can't find it this fast. 
a smooth Oreo Dory, and it's a fish. <laughs> this is uh, how ridiculous the scientific evidence is sometimes, because, you know, um, these kinds of studies shouldn't even exist. I took Oreos and my lipids improved, right? I mean, what kind of information are you giving to people? Uh, read orals mainly cause adenomas can intramuscular cause this as well so I, I think there's uh, actually scientific evidence that shows that trinbolone can cause liver adenomas and I think Leo had a guy on his podcast which he then uh, was asked to delete uh, years ago a guy that actually got liver tumors from trinbolone and then later on he got so much shit for it that he asked Leo to delete it um, but I'm sure some of you guys that were following Leo at that time um, can remember that podcast that he did. So, and, and there's even documented cases on PubMed of, of men getting liver adenomas, benign, not cancerous, benign adenomas, um, from trimblown abuse. So, again, uh, low and effective dosages and synergy between multiple different compounds so you don't, um, you know, cause yourself to die or don't cause yourself to get liver adenomas. And it's okay to do preventative ultrasounds on your liver, gallbladder, bile ducts, etc. So just, just, just so you can be ahead. You know, if you see a little, if, if the sonography sees something like, oh, this is a little bit forming, and you're running like 50 milligrams of halotestin because Ty and Clark said it was a good idea. And I, he didn't say 50 milligrams, but he said, you know, the halotestin might be a good idea if you don't want the regulation, right? If you're on that halotestin again strain, at, uh, at too many milligrams, and your uh, your liver is uh, melting uh, from the inside, and you are early to detect that with an ultrasound, then at least you have the um, green light to stop the halo testing. All right, Seawix, uh, that was my total testosterone, not free. I forgot to select free testosterone, and we'll sub Q. God, I already forgot what your question was, dude. was your free testosterone okay that's the free testosterone is still high uh forgot to stack free yeah it was your total test right okay so if it's total test it's 6700 nanograms per deciliter that's extremely high for total testosterone levels um and will sub q be as good as intramuscular in terms of peak serum third world pharma moldova okay uh watch the carrier old deep dive video let me link it down below but i think uh the one from Moldova is okay because they use what peach kernel or um, the other one. Actually, some of their formulations might be brewed too high, but I can't remember. I already filled my brain with new information. I linked it down below. Give that video a watch. Uh, let's see. So yes, your your total testosterone is definitely way too high. So I would ask the lab to recheck or go in again after sub-Q administration and see what levels you get. Um, and sub-Q is just as fine, man. Sub-Q is just as well. It's in the body, so you're going to get effect from it. Will your peaks be as high? Probably not, because it takes longer from uh, to, to remove from the injection depot compared to the intramuscular side, because subcutaneous space has less blood flow compared to the intramuscular space. That being said, uh, once the androgens are in your body, they're in your body, and they're going to interact with the androgen receptor. So I think the total results are going to be the same, but serum concentrations might be a little bit lower simply because it takes longer from the testosterone to leave the injection depot in the subcutaneous um, space, right? So, yeah, but if you do daily micro-administrations, I don't think it matters. 
I really don't think it matters. Finding where I was. All right. Marcus, uh, what do you say about measuring free estradiol in saliva versus estradiol bloodstream uh, test? Well, if you do it in saliva, you're doing a Dutch saliva test, and you can check all the other uh, estradiol and uh, neurosteroid metabolites. So um, why not both? All right. So you can do a blood test and a uh, saliva test at the same time to see how much it differs on a scale of the reference range that they provide. But the saliva test, it takes longer to get back and it's limited availability because those Dutch tests, you know, not available everywhere. And a, a serum estradiol tests are literally available worldwide. So um, it depends on availability and how strenuous you want to test it. Like a Dutch test is usually um, necessary or helpful if you're really out of whack from post-finasteride syndrome, for example, or, or you fucked yourself up with something else like ketoconazole and, and minoxidil abuse, um, then a Dutch saliva test might be very, very good to do. Uh, but in, in, in many cases, it's not really required. Let's see, Igor or Igor. Hey, Stevie. <laughs> Igor. Hey, Stevie. Uh, what would be better to sustain HPT, HCG, HMG, FSH, or LH? None of those. <laughs> For fuck's sake, Igor. <laughs> All of those work on the testicles. So you're sustaining your T of the HPTA. HPTA stands for hypothalamus pituitary testicular axis. HCG works on the testicles. HMG works on the testicles. Recombinant FSH works on the testicles. Luteinizing hormone works on the testicles. Uh, none of those works on the HPTA. If anything, all of these are more suppressive. So if you want to recover your HPTA, you need enclomiphene, clomid, nolvidex, raloxifene, and maybe even tormaphene. But you know, the tried and proven uh, PCD protocol is nolvidex and clomid. But feel free to use enclomiphene. I mean, it has a good amount of scientific evidence that it increases luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone also. So if you want to sustain HPTA, enclomiphene, if you want to sustain testicular function, all of those will do, but I would go with a combination of HCG and FSH uh, because um, HMG doesn't contain luteinizing hormone but trace amounts of HCG. So again, uh, human menopausal gonadotropin contains trace amounts of HCG, maybe a little bit of LH and a good amount of FSH, but why pay for that when you can get recombinant HCG and recombinant FSH, right? Merck, uh, Ovitrel, and Merck Gonal F. That's what I'm using right now. And look at these fucking biceps, still big, right? Testosterone, 820 nanograms per deciliter. Last time I checked it. And here we go, D3, HCG monotherapy at 1,000 IOs three times per week. FSH is low. Yes. Is that expected? Yes, because your HPTA shut down. Anything to worry about? Um, no, you can supplement with FSH to sustain uh, testicular fullness, size, uh, uh, ejaculation volume, and, uh, and, and of course, fertility even further, because now you're just activating the Sertoli cells with the HCG and increasing intertesticular testosterone levels, which can then um, also activate the um, you know spermatogenesis. But it would be better to have intertesticular testosterone in combination with exogenous fo um, follicle-stimulating hormone for the best fertility parameters. Will it increase your testosterone levels? No. Will it increase your fertility parameters? Yes. So uh, it is to be expected because HCG monotherapy inevitably shuts you down the longer you take it. So you might need to supplement with RFSH, like Maragonal F, or um, 
yeah, go off and then recover your luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone with a uh, post ATG monotherapy therapy, which is just the same as a post cycle therapy, Novadix and Clomid to block the estrogen receptors. Yeah, and uh, cola is high testosterone too. For the guys that uh, forgot, I have a video called uh, Coca-Cola replacement therapy. I'll link it down below. I loved making that video, but nobody watched it. That's because it wasn't about steroids. Oh, I still got 9,000 views. Did I make any money with that video? Let's have a look at the analytics. Holy shit. <laughs> that video went like this and then flatline. 20 subscribers. Okay, so there were 20 connoisseurs of Coca-Cola replacement therapy and I made $33. All right, so we're never doing that again because I made 10 times as much on the latest uh, steroid videos. I believe it's a Coke and the Oreos. Uh, I'm not sure what the changes in lipid parameters uh, were. Uh, Jake Applebaum adding Nandrolone started 60 milligrams per week on top of a tier team base uh, seems to be causing anxiety. Yeah, could be messing with your GABAergic signaling. Should I be giving it up and try a different uh, anabolic? Uh, any suggestions that are less likely to cause this issue? Look at the GABA supplementation. 500 milligrams, 300 milligrams upon waking. That's not enough to kind of... Um, make you sedated and fall asleep, but it might be enough to offset the anxiety. And again, you might be getting anxiety from the, um, the synthetic carrier oil or, or the Yarachis oil that the Nandrolone is in. So um, watch the carrier oil deep dive. It's already linked down below. And, you know, if that's the case, if it's an Arachis oil or something else, um, take it out. Right? There's no cure for systemic inflammation, which can ultimately give you anxiety, right? You feel a little bit off, a little bit sickly, uneasy, and it's all classified on, under anxiety, right? So uh, GABA or taking uh, the compound out, that would be my first thing to look into. Uh, could NAC prevent adenomas like with milk to whistle? Uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> not really sure. <laughs> so you still want to abuse steroids and then take milk to whistle and NAC? I don't think, just don't abuse steroids. Do an ultrasound every year, man. It's inexpensive. Cost a couple hundred bucks. And then you spend less on growth hormone. And it's not the end of the world. And if you're really worried, if you're really fucking scared, don't take steroids because they all have side effects and, you, and health management need to be in place, right? I mean, the amount of health screening that I do, even that I'm off steroids, it's insane. You guys have no idea because I don't want to make videos about all the health screening that I do, do continuously. But I, I'm on top of my shit, man. I'm on top of my shit. That's why I don't look like an oxidized mess at 40 years old when so many other bodybuilders do. Um, hey Steve, what is the best supplement? Peptide Dre just had a mental image. Sorry. Uh, hey Steve, what are the best supplements, peptides, drugs to recover or take a cough? Jeez, guys, you fuckers, they really don't watch my videos, right? All right, I'm gonna rattle it off. Here we go 20 grams of collagen, 20 milligrams of anivar, one milligram TB500, one milligram uh, BBC157, five milligrams GHK copper. A two, I use growth hormone a couple times per day. And if you want a growth hormone degree to go to get the various isoforms of growth hormone that your pituitary releases. So 
let me link for you all the peptide videos that I made. It's like every fucking, I just made a BBC 157 video deep dive. It's like nobody fucking watches that shit. Ugh. Same fucking questions every week. Well, I take your money. It's okay. And I'll link the videos for additional research that you can do in your own fucking time. Steve, you shouldn't be so upset when people ask repetitive questions. Well, I am. It's getting old. All right. Where is it? Uh, tendons of steel. You know what I should do? I should just copy paste the same fucking videos underneath every, uh, because it's like the same questions anyway. Steve, I tore my super spinatus. What should I do? Don't train like a retard. All you have to all you have to do is type in tendons, dude, and you can like seven videos. All right, I'll link it down below, bro, Adam. Let's see. So, best supplements I discussed, collagen. Best peptides, 1 milligram TB500, 1 milligram BBC157. Uh, the other drugs is 20 milligrams Anivar and growth hormone to recover from a rotated cuff tear. Right. And make sure, you, make sure you do an MRI and get the surgery done to reattach that because, I, like I said a million times before, those tendons just don't magically reconnect, bro. Doesn't happen, right? You need to reconnect it with surgery and then uh, use all the peptides to recover from that. All right. If anybody asks me uh, connective tissue uh, questions, and even if it's a super chat, I'm banning you for life. Tired of this shit. Tamoxifen versus raloxifene efficacy for gyno side effects. Uh, difference between them. Watch the raloxifene video. Raloxifene. I think I need a break from this vigorous q and I. I think I need a month off. The difference, I can't really remember. Uh, tamoxifen uh, has a metabolite called norindoxifen, which lowers your serum estradiol levels, but raloxifene seems to be more efficacious at 120 milligrams per day. Um, both will not remove your gyno, both will just shrink your gyno, and after you stop the tamoxifen or raloxifene, doesn't matter which one you take, gyno would surely but slowly return. So side effects is that they both lower uh, IGF-1 levels, both have clotting risk. It's great in this day and age. So, uh, you know, if you want to delete yourself, then this might be a good way to do it. Um, and uh, the difference between them is that the structural uh, uh, difference might potentially different uh, blockades or receptor binding, right? But I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the difference is because it's been a while since I researched it. Far am I behind? I'm like eight minutes behind. All right. <laughs> Iger, sorry for Steve. I don't know, but my autocorrect is saying Steve into Stevie. I mean, we have a friend that's called Stevie, and the autocorrect is picking up on it. Those AIs, man, you got to be careful. They know well before you do. Uh, hey, Steve, 50, minute, 50 nanograms deciliter total testosterone as a 24-year-old, hopped on 100 nanograms testosterone per week, prescribed. Uh, total testosterone is now 1,350 nanograms per deciliter. That's great. Uh, but AST is 66 and ALT is 50. Any supplements to help besides NAC, Tatka, the usual? Um, take a week off from the gym, see if that's the root cause of it. Because if you go from uh, 50 nanograms per deciliter to 1350, you probably train 10 times harder than you did before. 
and that it can increase these liver enzymes because uh, they're not stemming from your liver, they're stemming from skeletal muscle. So take a week off next time you go to the gym uh, or next time you go for blood work and then uh, check these levels again. They might be down by half. They might be back in the range, you know? So, and, and otherwise, um, you know, if it's TRT prescribed, it could still be caused by the arachis oil because there is pharmaceutical testosterone in arachis oil which can increase your liver enzymes if you are allergic to arachis oil your c-reactive protein might also be elevated All right so those are the things i would look into um taking a week off from the gym and looking looking into the product that you're taking go to the sourcing boards yeah, go to the sourcing boards. The control F list is back online. Yeah, so many people were bugging me for it. Um, I set up my mailing list uh, thing with uh, what is active campaign, but I haven't had time to get the the thing working on my website yet. So uh, once that's live, I'll either um, uh, announce that here. I'll just send out an email with all the emails that I collected so far. I think I got about 10,000 of them. Um, and then I'll send out an email, uh, you know, just uh, announcing that the email list is active um, and that you can subscribe. Let's see. So, uh, yeah, Control F is, uh, is uh, back online. If you have the link, you have the link. If you don't have it, then wait for the email list to be ready. And, uh, and, and this kinds of stuff, I would go to uh, the bodybuilding boards, which is usually uh, the place to send you in the right direction. Guys, this is not a source board, man. Well, you guys are going to get me deleted. Attack mechanism of action. Man, you're stumping me here. It increases bile acid production. And uh, with increased bile acids, you have increased rate of detoxification of the metabolites that your liver produces. I think that's the mechanism. Shit, you're stumping me here. Hey, everybody's asking the same question. So I just answered it. And I know you guys don't really give a shit. You need to use a little bit of common sense, right? There's there's restrictions on YouTube. And I know this is common sense for bodybuilders who, I mean, let's be honest, we don't have common sense. But there's restrictions on YouTube. And then these kinds of questions can get me into trouble. So if you want this channel to be deleted, please keep asking. But if you like this kind of content and you like my contribution to the fitness industry, um, then, um, yeah, ask a little bit smarter, I would say. And otherwise, I'm just going to add more stuff to the spam filter. And if this shit keeps going, then I'll stop the vigor skewing. I mean, it's that simple. All right. So you guys... Use your brain, please. Um, Fistazole, first ever allergic reaction. BBC157 and cumin are the only two variances in indigestion. Ingestion. Can BBC cause allergic reactions, its hives, etc.? I mean, it depends on where you got it from, right? Because it's, it's not FDA approved. We don't know what binders or issues or whatever um, are contained within the, the peptide vial. Um, so that could be the, the cause. So take both out. And, and and then reintroduce BBC157 solo and then reintroduce uh, human solo. My God, Man, reintroducing food today is uh, giving me hiccups and burps. And I ate pretty clean. 
um yeah so see what's going on see what is the root cause and then remove that right and maybe source the the cumin <laughs> source the bbc 157 somewhere else Same video, new headline. I didn't know there was a BPC video. Yeah. Yeah. I should ban you, but I already forgot. Need Daniel now. Don't train like a retard, guys. Yeah, it helps. You'll be surprised. What did you do? I did behind the neck presses with 315. You think it was going to happen? That's not how the force works. Fuck. Hey, Steve. I'm taking... 235 uh, tests per week, sub-Q, weekly, test S. Yeah, uh, sub-Q daily. And wait, okay, so you're taking 235 milligrams testosterone, whatever ester per week, but you're splitting up sub-Q daily and going to add 5 milligrams of Anivar. My ester dial is around 70, taking 300 milligrams of dynomethane a day. Should I lower my test for ester dial? My God. I think English is not your first language. Okay, I think your estradiol is too high. If you're already taking 300 milligrams of dynomethane per day, then it's clearly not getting you uh, the favorable estrogen levels that you want. So I would start with 6.25 milligrams of romacin Monday, Friday to bring your estradiol levels down. Anivar has no beneficial or changing effect on your serum estradiol levels, but it might still lower your SHBG, all right? Take the dynomethane out, add in 6.25 milligrams of romacin Monday, Friday, um, check your serum estradiol levels again and lipid levels uh, four weeks into this protocol of having Anivar and Romsin in the mix. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, your serum lipids and your estradiol levels will all be better or all be good. Right? Lipids will probably worsen slightly and your estradiol will improve, right? From the sense of uh, improved libido and uh, gynecomastia risk. Uh, Jake Keys, what minerals and supplements should be ran with Primo to optimize um, at least zinc, selenium, magnesium, basically all the minerals and uh, zinc, and magne zinc and selenium, at least for androgen-mediated gene transcription, magnesium for, uh, you know, a blood pressure management and muscular contraction, and, and do basically all the supplements that you should be running alongside all of the other steroids, right? Uh, multivitamin, a B100 complex, P50 morning and evening, uh, NAC and acetylcysteine to increase your glutathione levels uh, systemically. Uh, vitamin E as a antioxidant and to uh, you know help with blood viscosity uh, or as a blood thinner, right? Because Primo can increase your hematocrit levels slightly. Uh, maybe Tutka, just as you know to increase bile acid flow because you're increasing metabolic rate and thus metabolism increases and your metabolic waste products increases. So you might need a little bit of Tutka. And I think that's about it. Um, let me link you to the article. Uh, let me see. The vitamin and mineral. Oh, God. Vitamin and mineral deficiency checklist for bodybuilders. That's a great article to read to give you some ideas on which supplements to use or what to look out for when you're using PEDs. Like every question you can imagine, I have a video or an article for. Great, isn't it? Uh, let's see, Adam. All right. I'm on TRT of chronically low LDL levels. Do you have a protocol you recommend to increase HDL? 
fish oil, citrus bergamot, berberine, daily fasted cardio, increasing your fat intake. And that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. You can't really do much to increase your LDL, uh, HDL besides cardarine, but it also has cancer risk. So watch that uh, non-cancerous dose of cardarine video on Monday. And honestly, from all the blood work that I've seen of men on TRT or a little bit above, cardarine doesn't really have beneficial effects on your HDL levels. It might help if you're natural. And again, all the scientific evidence of uh, cardarine improving lipid levels are in um, obese men or men with metabolic syndrome with poor lipid parameters. And if you have poor lipid parameters on TRT, but you're otherwise healthy, I doubt that cardarine is not is going to do anything favorable for HDL. So again, fish oil with every meal, berberine morning and evening, citrus bergamot morning and evening, daily fast cardio in the morning, obviously, and increasing your fat intake. And, and um, maybe you've been on a chronic low-fat diet, and this is why the, the reason why you tore your tendon. And I mean, you need fat, fats for tendon health also. Right? Everything is connected. Somebody was able to bypass the spam filter. Russo with a zero. And I'm not against it, because, well, he used a zero. Uh, did a fecal matter transplant and got castrated. Uh, this guy is, um, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this guy is. I haven't followed along, but. You know, I thought we were called to Mr. Olympia. And then he got upset for whatever reason. And then he went after me and then I gave him a clap back. And, and, and now I don't even know. So um, some people you should just not take advice from. Right? Because they, they, they're they lost cause and they, they can't do anything to fix themselves. So why would you follow or take advice from anybody who um, is is literally doing everything wrong? Right? And he had plenty of opportunity to get advice from Derek or, um, you know, Alec Matrevsky or myself, but decided not to listen. So he'll figure it out. And otherwise, the Darwinism will uh, take care of it. Chess B. Brent. Hey, Steve, how big of an insolence? And if I sound like an insensitive fuck, right? Uh, Russo said some very terrible things uh, online. So I have zero sympathy for the guy. Yeah? Just to be clear. <laughs> hey, Steve, uh, how big of an insulin sensitivity risk uh, is there from using growth hormone 2 AUs per day for a year at 27 years old along uh side other injury compounds oh he, uh, he avoided the bpc 157 and, and uh, permaban uh, any risk of endogenous growth hormone causing issues anyway uh issues afterwards not really not really i mean the insulin sensitivity risks are blown out of proportion um you know if you do mega doses of growth hormone um and you're not on steroids then it might be an issue or you have terrible um, you know, uh, dietary practices or, or metabolic syndrome, right? You're just fucking unhealthy and fat. Basically, you shouldn't be using drugs in that context. You should just get healthy. You shouldn't result to GLP-1s. You shouldn't result to metformin. You should just get your head out of your ass and start eating healthy, right? Stop ordering from Grab or Bolt or whatever. Right? We're talking about the, the guy with a zero in his name. I mean, if you continuously eat like a fucking asshole, what do you expect this is going to happen when you take drugs? Anyway, we're not talking about you, Chess. Um, so in your case, if you're 27 years old, uh, I'm assuming you're healthy and I'm assuming you're ev doing everything right, then you have nothing to worry about about from 2 I use a growth hormone. All right? It, it's 
right? If you got an injury, you're probably uh, physically active. So I'm just going to assume that you're healthy as fuck. And, and, and two, I use a growth hormone is not going to potentiate any kind of insulin sensitivity issues. Um, unless you up the dose to let's say two, I use growth hormone eight times per day. All right? So I, I don't think that there's any risk. Unless you have, uh, you know, undiagnosed pre-existing cancer, then there is a risk. Um, but that's also very, very rare. Seawix, uh, in theory, low halo for PCT to, then to keep size. Yeah, in theory. Yeah, uh, in theory. Same for Anivore, dude. The two publications that show that it doesn't downregulate luteinizing hormones. So, in theory, it makes sense. In the real world, in practical application, uh, probably not. Ligo, hey Steve, I got all your books. Need your opinion. I'm six feet tall, 207 pounds, 27% body fat. Bro, uh, get that down. Got injured at my peak, lost all of my gains. So, okay, maybe you were lower body fat, lower body fat at that time you got injured. On TRT for life, blasting 700 test E. Okay, <laughs> TRT, bro. Should I main gain or cut, then bulk? Um, well, if you're on 700 test, I would cut first. Because 27% body fat is just too high. Right, you're six feet tall. Um, you know, maybe you have a six inch stick and maybe you have six figures, but your body fat levels are too high. So you're probably not uh, going to get laid. Uh, so get that body fat levels down to at least 12%, but hopefully lower. Get your six pack showing, get your deltriations going, right? I mean, this is what you want. You want deltriations. Yeah, this, this kind of shit. That's what you want. You see that? That's like Wesley Visser striations. That's how you get laid. The other side. Actually, the light is not so good. This light is better. Let me show that again. Here, look at this shit. This is what you want. So if you don't have that, you got to get lean. And if you're already on 700 test E, that's more than enough to get lean. As I mentioned in the best cycle for bulking video, you can get lean on fucking anything. So let me link it down below in case you missed it. Let's see. Yeah, it is. And look at that AI beach bot physique. Thank God for AI, man. Did you guys watch that open AI uh, Sora video that has been going viral? Um, let me answer your question first. Um, so yeah, if you're on 700 test, um, cut. Just fucking cut. Improve your insulin sensitivity. Uh, this is enough test for you to get all of your gains back, even if you're in a caloric deficit. Get down to 12% and then slowly main gain for a while to kind of reset your metabolism and then start bulking, um, you know, and keep the test the same. Because you, you with caloric manipulations, you know, now you're basically coming from here where your uh, gain baseline was here. So you can grow back into your previous all-time best in a caloric deficit because you're on so much fucking steroids. And then you maintain here a bit while increasing your metabolic. Well, this not this is now not muscle anymore. This is like a metabolic rate. So your metabolic rate goes up while the steroids stay the same. And then in this difference, you can increase um, you know your food intake, right? So and then you're still maintaining, but you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then maybe you can even bring the testosterone dose down to 500 milligrams per week if your calories are high enough. But then you start at like 10% body fat. All right? Get those striations first, man. 27% body fat is just too much. That is not going to get you late. 
Uh, Igor, is there a difference between vitamin C, NAC, curcumin when it comes to antioxidant effect, or does it the same thing in the end? No, there's differences, but I wouldn't be able to um, uh, quote you the exact mechanisms. Um, yeah, but in, in, essentially, they all donate electrons, right? But they might go through different mechanisms. But off the top of my head, I'm not entirely sure what. Sorry, stay with us. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's uh, I gotta rant and vent a little bit. I'm freezing in here. Thailand weather has been weird, man. It's been hot. It's been cold. It's been all over the place. Uh, hey, Steve, how does clan interfere with endurance, positive or negative? Specific dosages when combined with endurance. A clan interferes with your endurance. <laughs> to be discussed this at length with uh, Jake Benson, where he was uh, coaching a guy that was doing a long-distance running, and one of his retard coaches recommended him 80 micrograms of clan and, and like 20 milligrams of halotestin. And, of course, after five minutes, he was basically done. Uh, clan increases your heart rate and increases the potential for cramping. So it fucks with your endurance. That's why I didn't include it in the endurance videos. Um, albuterol might be able to open up the bronchial tubes if you use one of those albuterol inhalers. One puff, two puffs, that's like 200 micrograms. That might help with the opening up the bronchioles, allowing you to get more oxygen in, or you could strip your nose, you know, just put one of those strips here. So you open it up like this, okay. and you can breathe better. I can do that on command. Yeah, I still got it. So negative effect. Um, and otherwise, watch the Endurance the Deep Dive video series. But, well, there's seven of them. So I'm not going to link all of them. But that, that will give you enough uh, information to uh, start designing a stack together. As I have gotten many a email from Endurance athlete that uh, thought it was the best video series ever. But, of course, mostly uh, there are people here interested in steroids. They don't care about Endurance, so... Got no views. Uh, what's your opinion on Prami with 100 milligrams uh, for 140 weeks? <laughs> 140 weeks. Uh, I'm assuming that's what you mean. I don't think you need Prami for that much strain if you keep your prolactin under control with vitamin B6, P5, P, and L-tyrosine. It's it's. Uh, I don't like Prami. I don't like Dos, um, Cabergoline. I don't like the other one. I, I think it's all unnecessary. I think they all potentiate side effects. Um, additionally, on top of the trembolone, which already potentiates side effects. So keep your prolactin under control by keeping your dopamine levels high by using L-tyrosine in co combination with vitamin B6, P, 5P. And if your prolactin levels are still high, um, maybe your estrogen levels are too high, right? Or maybe you masturbate too much, or maybe you take too much kratom, or maybe you take too much wheat, right? If you're taking wheat to take the edge off trend and it's increasing your prolactin even further and now you need Prami to bring your prolactin down, maybe take the trend out so you don't need the wheat so you don't need the Prami. It's not fucking rocket science. Anything interacting, I need to be careful with Tomasartan and Cialis other than blood pressure dropping too low. Uh, no, I think that's it. I think that's it. I mean, and I, I've combined 20 to 40 milligrams Tomasartan with 5 milligrams Cialis on high-dose cycles, which would otherwise increase my blood pressure. And that way I had a good blood pressure management and a good functional, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, penis. Yeah. Thick. <laughs> Thick. 
on that combination. Uh, but yeah, your blood pressure can obviously drop too low. I mean, it's the same risk as running Telbosartan and uh, Guralamont nitric, for example, which also has vasodilators and compounds in there which can lower your blood pressure. And if you start combining that with beetroot extract or um, what is it called? Uh, Cardotone, which is an over-the-counter supplement with various uh, Ayurvedic herbs that help with uh, blood pressure management and heart health. So right, uh, stacking multiple things together increases the risk of reducing blood pressure. Like if you reduce or if you combine Telmosartan with Nabivalol, besides dropping your blood pressure too much, you also have to increase the risk for hyperkalemia. So right, you have to look into potential side effects of each compound individually. And then if some of those side effects are overlapping, then you obviously increase the risk because now Telmosartan drops your blood pressure, which is the beneficial effect, but the risk is combining them, right? So you have a blood pressure uh, lowering medication one and two, and thus your blood pressure is even lower. And, and now you increase the risk that you need to lay on the floor with your um, feet up at the wall uh, until these compounds have metabolized, uh, which might take hours. We need an epinephrine pen, right? Uh, EpiPen to uh, constrict your blood vessels. And now you're on three compounds. Uh, let's see, a liker uh, as 50 to 100 milligrams aspirin, 6.25 milligrams proviron, 12.5 milligrams clomiphene, sustainable. Theoretically, I'm on TRT. Okay, so you have to add in the TRT. Uh, aspirin, I don't like because it, um, it's beneficial for your blood and might have some anti-cancer effects and longevity benefits, but it also reduces your stomach lining. And if you take uh, steroids, whether that's TRT with Proviron or anything there above, your uh, stomach acidity obviously changes, whether that's from the histamine or reduced stomach acid production and, uh, or increased production, right? And, and, and you want to keep your stomach lining intact because otherwise you literally create stomach ulcers and then you create intestinal bleeding and then you know you're a much more problematic scenario acutely than the potential anti-cancer benefits or longevity benefits that aspirin potentiates so take the fucking aspirin out run vitamin e and fish oil for blood thinning benefits um and proviron if that's keeping your shbg under control which the clomiphene might increase um, which you're taking to sustain your LH and FSH levels, then it might be sustainable, but your blood work, um, you know, should uh, determine that for you. And again, selective estrogen receptor modulators potentiate clotting risk. So I would personally not use them long-term, but if you feel comfortable with it, feel free. Feel free. I would say that TRT, HCG monotherapy is sustainable. Uh, where is he? Can I take Nabivalol and Telmosartan together? Yeah, you can. Yeah, of course, both can lower your blood pressure also. So it's the dose, right? If you take 2.5 milligrams Nabivalol and 5 milligrams Tadalafil, I think that's um, doable. But if you take 10 milligrams Nabivalol and 20 milligrams Cialis, uh, you might be on the floor with your legs up. Uh, what's up, Mr. Camillo? Best way to spend the afternoon. What's up? How are you doing, bro? Join the madness. <laughs> uh, Joshua, hey, Steve, thanks for the input on LPA uh, uh, lipoprotein level A last live stream. I've hopped on three milligrams of tests E per week to start my PED journey and help lower my uh, lipoprotein level A. Okay, so do your blood work. Um, four weeks into that protocol and see how much your L, uh, lipoprotein little A dropped. And then report back to us, but you don't have to super chat for that. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, besides making money, worst parts Thai living. Worst. What, what's the worst part of living here? Not much, man. I mean, you have to take everything into consideration. I mean, sometimes the language barrier is a little bit difficult. Um, but no, I mean, I've, I've been all over the world. And, and all things considering, Thailand is still the best place to live. You know, there's a lot of dickheads that, of course, come to Thailand because it is the best place to live. And you have to deal with that. But, you know, if you're a little bit more selective on who you hang out with and, and you know become a little bit more reserved and, and only spend time with good people that are vetted, then then life is very good here, man. I have a great time. And sometimes after a while, you get a little bit bored of Thailand. Okay, you take a holiday somewhere else. And then after a week of spending time in Bali or Dubai or America, then you realize, you know what? Thailand is still the best place. So um, every country has its up and downs, but Thailand has the least downs for the amount of ups that it has. Making money, uh, you, well, you can't do that here. You have to work online. <laughs> I'm going to go to Thailand to be an English teacher. No. No. Uh, let's see. Rudy took joint supplements with curcumin, collagen, nothing else. Doubled LH, increased in testosterone to 1,200 nanograms per deciliter. Doubled estradiol. Coincidence. Um, you took curcumin and collagen, and your testosterone and LH and estradiol doubled. Hmm. Might be some enclomiphene in there. That's weird. I've never heard of that before. I don't think the collagen increases uh, luteinizing hormone and testosterone and estradiol. So uh, it might be, uh, you might be thinking that there's a coincidence where there's not. Uh, maybe you're taking something else that you're not aware of, or uh, you're taking something that you're not mentioning. But... I don't see a correlation there, so um, no, but enjoy the extra testosterone, man. More tests is always great. Yes, what's up? Welcome to the Vigorous Crew. Uh, 120 micrograms of clen. I don't know about that one. Probably not real clen or low purity. Oh, you're probably chatting amongst each other, right? I've done 120 micrograms of pharmaceutical cell pharmaclenbuterol back in the day. It was rough. <laughs> Jim. All right. There better be a fucking question with this $20. What? Oh, here it is. Uh, I wasn't able to add my question to my super chat. How does somebody tell if their boldenone is real? Roy test. Can any blood work markers verify? No. I mean, boldenone would not be faked with masterone or primabolin so what you could do is let's say you're running 250 tests or 500 tests or whatever add boldenone into one-to-one -one ratio to your testosterone dose and see how much your estradiol dropped if your estradiol didn't drop it's probably more testosterone if you're so if your estradiol increased right double then it's testosterone if your estradiol dropped by let's say half um, and assuming you're not using an aromatized inhibitor, then it's probably boldenone because I think boldenone is reasonably cheap. Um, so it would not commonly be faked with mastrone or uh, primabolin. Um, and if your estradiol didn't drop, um, then your boldenone might be underdosed. But Roy test would help, but I would send it to Janoshik, you know? Janoshik. Um, unfortunately, I can't mention the website. But if you type that in, then you'll probably find it. 
you know, Google will send you to the right place. And again, YouTube, if you're going to scrutinize me for it, this is harm reduction. Janoshik is harm reduction. They're not selling anything besides analytical testing, right? Relax. Sometimes I have like, I, I log into YouTube and it takes like five seconds to kind of load and I have this like fucking heart attack. Like, did I delete my channel? See, Wix, would you recommend Kurt Havens as a coach? Yes. Yes. I know actually people who work with him and they're very, very happy. So go with it, man. Give him three months and then give him another year. <laughs> I like what he has to say. So just hire him. It's not expensive. Hire him now before he gets expensive because eventually these guys all become too expensive and then they might be in a position like me where they retire because they're sick of coaching. Not not sick, but just understand that it's, you know, that there's better opportunities because you can only make so much money where you're coaching. And even though the money is good, don't get me wrong, you can always do better. And you're, you're not going to make yourself a millionaire if you're coaching unless you live very, very cheap. Again, a millionaire nowadays is not worth much anymore because the dollar has depreciated and all the other currencies alongside of it. So a million dollars now is like, you know, $500,000 10 years ago. It ain't worth much anymore. Uh, uh, let's see. I meant without testosterone base. Okay, so you this without a testosterone base. I'm already off TRT. Uh, I would take the aspirin out. And, and the Proviron, you know, you could do that, but keep track of your SHBG levels, right? You're doing it to free up your testosterone levels. Um, and of course, LH and FSH is going up from the clomiphene. So um, do your blood work, see where you end up at. But I would take the aspirin out. I, I, I think aspirin is not a good compound when there's alternatives for blood pressure or blood, blood thinning effect. Yeah. Uh, chess, let's see, just L-carnitine is just L-carnitine a viable option as a replacement for tartrate version? Um, is there a regular L-carnitine available unless it's injectable, even though it's less bioavailable due to pur purchase availability? I mean, it would still work, but yeah, oral L-carnitine L-tartrate is more bioavailable than regular L-carnitine. I haven't seen regular L-carnitine anywhere unless it's injectable L-carnitine, to be honest. Maybe go with acetyl L-carnitine if that's available. Right? It's still better than no carnitine, but you might need to dose like 2,000 milligrams, 3,000 milligrams per day. And I'm not going to go into the TMEO stuff. Uh, that's uh, I, I mentioned that in the Carterine video. You'll watch it on Monday. Uh, do you recommend daily uh, recombinant FSH over every other day? Yes, because I did my blood work on every other day recombinant FSH. So I did it... Uh, two days before doing blood work, then the day before, and then the day of over multiple blood work iterations. And I felt that every other day would not give me stable elevated FSH levels. Mine would be like uh, one to two and a half milli IUs per milliliter, but I would like it to be around four or five milli IUs per milliliter. So I decided to go with, um, let's see, 75 IUs every day. And that would give me, you know, based depending on when I uh, do my blood work, um, about four to five, right? So sometimes seven, but then I would inject it maybe too close to a vein and uh, everything would go into the bloodstream. So I would do 75 IUs every single day. And as you see from my blood work parameters, at least my fertility uh, protocol is working. Just waiting for my wife, um, which takes time. 
Let's see, intrauterine insemination is next. Cortex, Ryan, what's up, dude? Looking smooth, man, yeah. My favorite shirt. Uh, relative to libido and erections on TRT, is there an argument in your mind for less frequent injections is better in this uh, arena via higher androgen receptor activation from a bolus dose versus a microdose? uh so if you go with daily micro administrations of course uh, you're controlling your serum uh estradiol levels because the peaks and valleys are less right it's more stable and it's usually in the peaks that you get increased aromatization now if you're low if you have low body fat or your trt dose is low then uh, you might not get enough estrogen right and everybody's sensitive to estrogen in different capacities just like everybody says sensitive to testosterone in different capacities um so if you feel that your libido and erections are not good on TRT and you want to inject less frequently, you could try that, right? I have the Lazy Man's TRT video. I'll link it down below. Best video ever. Best thumbnail ever. That's a true Big Lebowski jacket. Uh, it's the most bottom video. Just refresh the page. And uh, let's see, where are we? So you can try that to increase your estradiol levels and then have an acute androgen load and maybe increase your DHT levels. Um, but you can also increase your DHT levels and estrogen levels by taking more testosterone, right? Or maybe you need to add in ATG, DHA, and pregnenolone, which ultimately also gives you more testosterone and estrogen and DHT. So, um, you know, higher androgen receptor activation from a bolus dose is only temporary when the uh, bolus dose is increasing serum levels and then slowly starts to diminish until you dose again. So instead of doing a daily microdose where your serum levels are stable 24-7 and increasing the dose daily microadministration just gives you higher, more, stair, uh, more stable serum levels. If you do a bolus dose, that means the trough dose is lower than you would otherwise have uh, you know, stable levels of. So here your libido might be good and then the day before your injection you're like eh, uh, wifey is like prodding you uh, you know with the finger again don't get nasty with me she's like poking you on the inside like hey uh, give me a round but your serum testosterone levels are lost because you injected that five days ago and now you can't get it up all right why don't we instead of doing a bolus dose we bring your daily micro administrations up and we add in the dha pregnant alone and oxytocin which i linked in the libido video and uh and uh right ryan i'm sure you have access to some and oxytocin so give all of that a try man holy shit it's straight cody what's up bro where the fuck have you been where the fuck are you i haven't seen you online on youtube and any of tony's videos um <laughs> why are you drinking that cheap crap water i don't know numb tip what's wrong with it fuck. there were rumors that you were dead dude I'll be in Padia. Shoot me a message on uh, DM. I'll be in there in two weeks. Three weeks. One, two, three. Yeah, three weeks. Straight Cody. What a name. But this is, uh, I drink this one time and then I have a refill station in my house. I'd have one of those, uh, you know, in the office, right? You have those, those flip things and then it, you get cold water. I have one of those. Yeah. Straight Cody made a reappearance. It's cheap. It's a cheap one here. No minerals, no spring water. Dude, I get enough electrolytes for my food. Relax. It's half the price of mineral water. 
Yeah, but you know how little minerals you get, right? <laughs> From mineral water. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Uh, Hamad MK. Hey, Steve, in a podcast with Tyne, he mentioned that longer testes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, dude. I never got the citations. I asked for it. I tried to look for those uh, studies ages ago, and I could never find them uh, because I heard several people talk about it. But I have no idea why. And I don't know what time frame and if it's uh, increasing the androgen receptor density or response or nitrogen retention or overall anabolism and what their parameters are. So I don't, I don't fucking know. So if anybody finds those studies, link them down below because Ty and Clark is MIA when it comes to the studies uh, that he uh, wanted to cite. Uh, it is not possible to fix gyno permanently except surgery, Would uh, but would it be possible to prevent it during puberty? I guess staying lean helps, but what else to be aware of in a teenage uh, son? Yeah, keeping lean. Because all the kids that I remember getting pubescent gyno or the, all the people that I had consultations with that got pubescent gyno, uh, they were all fat. Yeah, all, 100%, 100% fat. Right? Like 15%, 20%, 25%. So if you have a teenage son... Make him do exercise, make him eat healthy, and keep him lean, you know? But don't keep him lean to the point that his height, uh, his height velocity is stunted, right? So keep track of his height velocity. And again, the best thing you can do as a parent is just to keep your kids lean from the start and don't introduce a crappy food to their uh, diet, you know? So, and even then, you know, you might still get a, a purpurescent gyno, but you know, you can take him for blood work, right? You can check, go with him to the hospital and check his height velocity. I mean, there's all these parameters you can check as a parent, uh, which is, is something I will certainly do with my kids. Um, check all these things, you know, and make sure they have a good outcome regarding gyno and height and uh, all that good good stuff. So they are uh, well established in the market by the time they're in their puberty because, well, when they're 15 years old, I remember when I was 15 years old, man, oh, shit hits the fan. Ooh. Um, why does cookie cutter injury recovery protocol include DHEA by default? If I got it correctly, uh, did it? I probably recommended cookie cutter HRT because it helps with, um, you know, uh, overall neurosteroid uh, balance. And, and keep in mind that many of these hormones all contribute to collagen synthesis, injury recovery. I mean, even DHEA helps with uh, glucose metabolism. So all these little things contribute, right? You want to increase everything regarding recovery. And every little vector helps. So this is why I included everything, you know, hormone replacement therapy, um, testosterone, DHEA, pregnenolone, uh, growth hormone or growth hormones that create agogs, TB500, BBC157, GHK copper, Anavar, I think even a no, low-dose uh, low nandrolone I included depending on the type of injury. So there's uh, a million different things you can look into, a uh, GHK copper, right? So, yeah, look into all of it. Uh, could an SSRI be used to make PCT more tolerable? The problem with SSRIs is that they downregulate the HPTA um, and have a negative effect on fertility. So if you're coming off cycle for fertility or just recover your testosterone levels, uh, SSRI could probably lower your testosterone and not make your PCT as successful. So I would rather look into dopaminergic and serotonergic uh, over-the-counter supplements to increase your serotonin and dopamine levels and make PCT a little bit more tolerable, or you do what I do, you keep a low dose growth hormone in, so at least you stay full and have a nice pump during the workout. 
you know, even though I'm not doing PCT, I mean, I, I do HCG monotherapy and my testosterone levels are way higher than they were after doing a traditional PCT. So yeah, PCT sucks. It just fucking sucks. That's why most guys don't want to do it. Hey, Steve, I've been following your HCG videos and decided to follow your suggestions before committing to testosterone replacement therapy. Testosterone levels were 529 nanograms per deciliter, now 700 after two weeks. Yeah. Oh, wait, this is blocking it. Let me roll up the sleeves. Hell yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe you can get even 800 like I have. Um, let's see. Can I add five milligrams Anivar after week eight? Yeah, man, go for it because your HPTA is already downregulated with HCG monotherapy after eight weeks. Um, and I might as well add in the Anivarin, you know, go for it. At least your testicular function is still intact and your testosterone levels will be high. So go for it. Uh, it's not Clen. I think he was talking about another bodybuilder and it came up. I don't recall. I mean, you guys are chatting amongst yourself. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know what I ate today, but my stomach is not liking. <laughs> ah, straight code here. Uh, I'm not dead. I just didn't feel like doing any social media. I have no idea how that rumor started. Yeah, it's probably at the time where there were a lot of rumors uh, about a lot of people. And uh, luckily, all of that shit has died out now. Man, fucking weirdos online, dude. A bunch of fucking weirdos. Really? All right. Uh, Adam Lowe, I was advised by my doctor for estrogen control, but worried about plaque. I'm using 60 milligrams of calcium morning and evening, 500 milligrams calcium deglucrate morning and evening. Uh, I advised by my doctor for estrogen control, but worried about plaque. If you're worried about plaque, do, uh, do, uh, you know, imaging. Right, and then 60 milligrams of calcium and 500 milligrams of calcium deglucrate, uh, take that with vitamin uh, K right, to, and vitamin D3 to help with nutrient delivery. Uh, K-right formulas is the one I take. I think I can link that. Uh, there one. Let me link that down below. Don't forget to use the iHerb discount code. Gero Formulas K right is vitamin K1, K2, MK4, MK7, and vitamin D3, which will help with calcium shuttling into the right places so it doesn't float around in the bloodstream. Right? Advice on boosting low FSH, testosterone, SHBG, estradiol. Uh, watch all the TRT videos. I think I have a video about things to consider before TRT. Uh, consider. That's not the before. Try this before TRT. I had like a whole list of things that are known to improve testosterone levels before you decide to uh, reach for the needle. So long story short, uh, eat healthier, sleep better, exercise, uh, increase your fat intake, healthy fats that is. Um, you know, and then maybe you can increase your luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone level somewhat, and thus uh, testosterone, SFG, estradiol levels increase, uh, reduce your body fat levels, right? Reduce your oxidative stress. All these, this low hanging fruit that you can do to improve your current state of health 
if you're healthy, it's very likely that your testosterone levels increase. And if that's not the case, then you look into inclomiphene monotherapy or, or HCG monotherapy. And if that doesn't work, doesn't give you sufficient levels, then you look into exogenous testosterone replacement therapy, right? It's step by step. But if you decide not to get healthy and you go straight to TRT, then the outcome of TRT might not be so successful because you might have sleep apnea, TRT is going to make it worse. You might have blood pressure issues, TRT is going to make that worse. You might have aromatiz uh, aromatization issues and increased estrogen levels and maybe gyno is already forming because your body fat levels are high. TRT is going to make that worse, right? So the, the foundation is still the same. Get fucking healthy first and then things will improve. And if it doesn't improve, then you take it from there. But at least you already put in the work and you learn how your body works. What's the difference between sub-Q and intramuscular daily microadministrations? Uh, the difference is injection depth and the amount of blood circulation that you have, sub-Q versus IM. So the dose is the exact same, uh, but serum levels might be a little bit more sustained on sub-Q versus IM. But for IM, you get more of an immediate response. So here he mentions, I've tried both, and I seem to respond better to daily IM. Um, yeah, then by all means, go with daily IM. Just keep in mind that daily IM you're doing daily injections into the skeletal muscle and you do that for decades. Now you have a boatload of scar tissue. That's why I prefer sub-Q because if, if the scar tissue and the adhesions are in the subcutaneous space, subcutaneous space is non-functional, right? And the only one who is going to feel that is either your wife or your girlfriend or your massage therapist. Um, and, and they're not going to mind. So, but if you keep pinning your quads and keep pinning your delts and keep pinning your shoulders and, and or uh, glutes and et cetera, after a decade of doing that, you might have joint issues, right? Because the the, the skin or the, the, the muscle is so tight, right? That's what I experienced. That's why I stopped doing all intramuscular in injections because all my, my glutes got so fucking tight. I literally turned myself into a tight ass. Yeah. And so uh, I would go with sub-Q, but if you feel you respond better to intramuscular, go for it. Right? You have to decide how you want to proceed. Igor, you, you, are stereocytes doing much permanent damage to our body if we're really looking after our health and we know what we're doing? Um, no, I think you're just, uh, you get dependent on them because you're, you're increasing your uh, neurotransmitters to a certain extent, your dopamine response, your serotonin response. And then when you come off, you just feel depressed. <laughs> <laughs> or feel less of a man, right? So that that is probably the the worst damage that we're doing to our body, right? This this um, neurotransmitter signaling that we're altering, or we're getting used to higher neurotransmitter signaling when we're taking steroids, and then you reduce the dose or you come off, and then you just don't feel the same, <laughs> even though you felt higher than before. Now you feel normal, but it doesn't feel the same, and it doesn't come back. I've been off now for 11 months and I, I can't wait to be back on TRT because I know that my neurotransmitter balance will be 10 times better. Uh, and regarding the, you know, the kidney and the liver and the heart, et cetera, that depends on how um, bad you abuse yourself. And if you take care of, your take care of yourself and you do don't abuse the steroids, then I think um, you're not really doing much damage to your body. But the only thing is just the neurotransmitter balance that is permanently changing. That's why nobody feels good after running steroids for a decade and then coming off. They're like, Ugh. you know, less motivated, less uh, things are less fun. It's like you're completely anhedonic at, at periods of time, but that's the route we chose. Thoughts on 100 to 200 milligrams extended release caffeine. Um, never used it. Uh, 
So I have no thoughts about it. Fritz, um, can you answer my question? I bought a super chat, but it didn't let me write my question. Where was it? Here. All right, this is your super chat or you answered it before? Let me scroll. I don't see your question. Post it again. I don't see your question, buddy. Just post it again. I'll look for it. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, Joseph, I saw in your end of our deep dive, you suggested taking VAR with grapefruit juice. Is that uh, still true for sublingual? So with sublingual, obviously, you're bypassing first-pass metabolism in the liver where the cytochrome P450 enzymes would otherwise break down part of your anivar. So it's not really required. But, um, you know, you might as well. If you go with sublingual anivar and let's say 90% gets absorbed and the other 10% you, uh, you know, swallow down, um, then you can inhibit the breakdown of the 10% uh, of anivar that you didn't absorb sublingually. Um, with the, you know, bergamot and, and the naringenin and naringenin. That's part of the uh, grapefruit juice uh, because they um, inhibit the CYP3A4 uh, enzymes and prevent the metabolism of anivar in the liver um, in the first pass. So, yeah, but, you know, fluvoxamine also does, does that. Of course, fluvoxamine is a bit more of a commitment. All right, here we go. Full Natty. Uh, SA wasn't best. I don't know. SA wasn't best trying to conceive. Total testosterone 525, estradiol 30, SABG kind of high. Doctor recommended Clomid, but I've been taking 25 milligrams every other day. What are gyno chances? Fairly lean. Would you recommend an AI? Uh, if you're taking 25 milligrams clomiphene every other day, uh, I would go with 12.5 milligrams Clomid every day before bed because you want stable. A blockade of the estrogen receptors and even though clomid has a reasonably long half-life i feel lower dosages um, you know every single day is just better for increasing your luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone levels um and then check your serum estradiol and serum testosterone levels and serum luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone and sex hormone and globulin levels about four weeks into that to see if you need an ai or not right and you're blocking the estrogen receptors so there's no chance of getting gyno um, you know, it's blocking the estrogen receptors in the pituitary and the hypothalamus, increasing uh, gonadotropin hormone, releasing hormone, luteinizing hormone, and follicle stimulating hormone, and uh, blocking the estrogen receptors in your tits. So there's no chance of uh, getting gyno. And and uh, use of an aromatized inhibitor is uh, only needed if your um, serum estradiol levels exceed, uh, well, the reference range, which is probably 40 or 45 picograms per milliliter. But even then, it's okay to increase your estradiol levels because estradiol helps with follicle-stimulating hormone receptor sensitivity, which is beneficial for fertility. Yeah, I would still prefer ATG and FSH, though, right? but it's uh, significantly more expensive than 12.5-milligrams uh, clomid.
Let's see. All right. We've gone through all the membership questions and we only have, we have 10 minutes left. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking dry mouth. I had dry mouth the entire week. It sucked. You know, when you go, uh, you fast and then you just have this, like this ketone mouth the whole week. Ugh. Fucking nasty. I think I should start deleting like 17 years old that come here for height protocols, right? You guys uh, are asking the wrong guy. Thanks for everything. Greetings from the Netherlands. Two euros. This is why I left. <laughs> this is why I left, dude. Stingy fucking no, up joke. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, I might come be coming home to the Netherlands at one point, but it will only be for a couple days. Just say hi to the family. I haven't been here in a while. All right, Steve, read these uh, guys' SMGAS messages before they get deleted. Which one is this? Uh, it's all too it's all short oh yeah here yeah guys just ignore him buddy you're 17 you don't know what you want you don't know what you want dude i wanted to be a business consultant look where i am now Uh, sub coach, amazing podcast with Dr. Khan. Saw it twice now. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that was a really good one. I had a really good time talking with him because he's very knowledgeable on certain subjects. And I, I'm not entirely sure how, how valid some of the treatments are, right? I haven't really talked to people who did those kinds of treatments. And I know they're very, very expensive and only available for certain people who are very financially secure, obviously. But like with time and, and with, um, you know, uh, proof that these kinds of treatments work, eventually they'll become cheaper and eventually there'll be competition, which is good to bring the price down. And time will tell which treatments will last and which will stand the test of time. But I love that, you know, some guys are so passionate about it and be on the forefront of uh, moving the industry forward, right? I mean, it's same as Elon Musk and, and uh, you know, Dr. Khan and, and the guy at Boston Robotics, which just did a podcast over at, um, I think it's Lex Friedman, Right. Also very interesting. So people that really drive um, innovation forward, I can highly respect. Right. And and and, um, you know, what remains of those kinds of treatments, time will tell. But I, I wouldn't be against doing the follistatin, uh, th follistatin gene therapy or the luteinizing hormone gene therapy just to give it a try. Right. I mean, I am financially secure, so I would be able to do it. Um, and then I would also be uh, the best or the worst um uh, you know customer because i would give my honest review right so if i give my honest review and it fucking works it's great but if it doesn't work then i would also give my honest review because i will pay for it obviously so i'm entitled to give my honest review and that would not be good yeah so let's see 
Yeah, Iron Grid. Uh, all right, it's gone. For the record, guys, Steve is not allowed to offer PDU-related guidance for underage people. It is straight up unethical and illegal. Yeah, I had some guy uh, contacted me through DMs and sent me a picture of his daughter. Uh, said, hey, what BPC-157 protocol and TB-500 should I do for my daughter who has, like, a skin scar? I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's a fucking liability, man. I can't help you. I can't fucking help you. All the information is on my YouTube channel, right? Whatever you do with the information, that's entirely your fucking responsibility. But as soon as I start telling people what to do and if they're underage, then it's my fucking fault, right? So I can't do that. I can't do that. Just because I I understand and know how to do height protocols or clavicle protocols um, doesn't mean I should talk about it, right? All right. Let's answer a couple more questions. Let's do no more super chats all right it's right here on the screen if you post a super chat now i will take your money but i will not answer it don't be stupid don't waste your money dude don't fucking do it <clears throat> let's see shbg uh oh what kind of uh crypto trading do you do now spawn options futures yeah sucks I already said no. <laughs> what kind of crypto trading do you do now? I just do spot. I don't do options. I don't do futures. Spot is the easiest uh, way to get out, and futures just takes too long. To uh, but I, I check the you know the liquidation prices obviously <laughs> to see where the market goes. But right now it doesn't really seem to affect. Like sometimes the max paying price is like ten percent below or above. Uh, where uh, the current price is and nothing really happens. And then you look at the CME gap, nothing really happens. So uh, right now it's just uh, watching the market, looking for resistance and support. So it seemed that 52,300 was uh, resistance and now it went down. Where are we? Oh, it's only a small rejection. Well, it's the weekend. Let's see. Let's see if it comes back down to 50,000. That would will, that will look nice on a chart. Then again, if I go to the J chart one day, uh, does it consider... Oh, it went down to the... What is this? How many day moving average is this? I went down to a moving average. Okay. Well, I'll have a look at it later. I don't know about you guys, but um, I did good these last couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah, man, it's, it's it's every single time. The last time they just kept spamming, so. And then I sat here for another 15 minutes. I think two and a half hours is long enough, don't you think? Two and a half hours every week. Ten hours a month. <laughs> you know? Ask me something fun. Ask me something not about drugs. When deep dive on stool transplant. No, you go about this deep. 
Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe uh, you know, you should do contact Dr. Khan because they're doing stool transplants with uh, high-level athletes, right? Well, discussed on the podcast. Maybe you can get some super poop inside of him. Uh, prediction for Bitcoin top this cycle. Wherever it is on October 2025, right? The, the market cycle just is a certain length of time after the Bitcoin halving or after it breaks the previous all-time high. It's a certain period of time. You can go down the chart, you go to a, a trading view, and you you purchase the memberships there, and just look at the time frame, right? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I have it all laid out on my charts on uh, trading view. It's I think October 2025 is is where it's going to peak, and whatever it is peaking there, and I could be mistaken here. I have to look at my charts, but there's a certain period of time after breaking uh, after the Bitcoin halving and after breaking all-time high. Uh, again, right? Then the the bull market officially starts because it's it's in price discovery mode, and then there's a certain time window where it can run, and then after a while it just starts to fade out, and it might have a fifty percent retracement like the previous time where it ran up way earlier, and then it retraced fifty percent to thirty thousand, and then it it shot up again, right? So so it depends on how fast it goes up, um, where it ends up, and then also means how hard it's going to retrace. So. It could be anywhere between um, 68,000 up to 250,000. And I know that's a bit of a stretch, but, you know, time frame highly depends what goes on. But with the ETFs, there's a lot of possibilities. Just keep in mind, all the ETFs are loading up now and they're not going to be loading up when the price is 100,000. That's that's retail. Right? That's not me. <laughs> that's not the smart money. The smart money is already in. Right? I might do like a 10% trade or 25% trade, but it's uh most of the guys are loading up now you know and then after the bitcoin having you have to have your money in and just wait just fucking wait and if you get some disposable income from your income right they have two thousand extra dollars just throw it in there dca it in there on, on the next retracement and you go to the eight week uh moving average for example right or the or the the 20 uh the 50 day moving average Whatever you, whatever you prefer, you throw it in there or you just throw it in and you just wait until, you know, the end of 2025. But yeah, never, nobody can make an accurate price prediction. Uh, this this chat derailed fast. You think this is the last bull run? No, but I think I think it's just slowly going to taper off, so that the peaks are going to be less high, because it, it just takes more money to get into Bitcoin, and it's logical for the percentages. Most most of the charts taper off like this, so it, it's just normal. But I think I think it will still retrace fucking hard after the next bull run, and I think it will still peak five x or ten x. So I mean, where where else can you get ten x in in four years? It's the best way to make money with money that you don't need right now. So. Look at the six month chart, Ethereum. I feel like I held, but I could make more, uh, but I FOMO'd the, the shit out of my ETH. But in, you FOMO'd in, right? You just wait, <laughs> just wait. You Every time you trade, you have to 
be willing to uh, let it sit for four years. Just every time you buy, right? So every time I buy something, I'm always willing to let it sit for four years in case, um, or you FOMO it out. Yeah, just just let it sit, man, or, or buy more so your dollar cost average the price down, right? So you buy it, uh, I don't know, 2,000 and 1,500 and 1,300, but the average price is like 1,400 instead of FOMOing in a 2,000 and then, or buying a 2,000 and FOMOing out at 1,500 and now it's 1,300 and now you don't know what to do, uh, you just buy. <laughs> And you only get out when the market is up. When your grandmother starts to ask about buying Bitcoin, then you get out. Or you can lose 8K. Dude, I've talked to people who've lost 20 million. I've met people who lost millions in Luna and, and, and that kind of shit. So... You better be sure what you're doing, right? And if you're not sure what you're doing, then only Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum. Right? At least 50% of your assets are in uh, Bitcoin. If you do crypto, right? You can have 10% of your total assets in crypto and then 50% of that is in Bitcoin. So that's 5% of your total value. Yeah, 20 million, dude. Yeah, holding Doge forever. I mean, I believe too. I have a lot of Doge. <laughs> I love Doge uh, because Elon Musk loved Doge. And then recently he posted something on Twitter and it pumps. Guess what? That's when I light her out. <laughs> I just waited for the flatline and then buy more. <laughs> it's, it's like a joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here. Himbo Slice now. Sell when people take out loans to buy Bitcoin when it's at the 24 month high. <laughs> yeah, this is what you do, dude. This is what you do. When everybody starts talking about it, you just kick back and, and start leveraging out. And then if it goes higher, it's okay because you got in at bottom or, or, or it went up 5x and you made your money 5x. It doesn't fucking matter if it goes higher. Just kick back and relax. You don't look at the charts for a year and guess what when you look at the charts again it will be at the electricity price of a single bitcoin like seventeen thousand dollars and of course the electricity price will probably be doubled after the next bitcoin halving so the electricity price with electricity prices going up and uh the currency is denominating it might be thirty five thousand dollars to mine a single bitcoin right um so guess where the bottom is going to be at at that price because that's where the buy wall is for all the miners. The miners have all the money, right? So why mine a fucking Bitcoin when you can buy it over the counter for the same price or maybe even lower, right? Look at the chart and look at the average Bitcoin price at the time it dipped um, very, very low. It's usually around the time of the uh, the average price of a Bitcoin if you mine them. So this is where I got it. I've made thousands from just mining. Yeah. So this guy's mining the right way. He's not doing it on uh, Minecraft, he's doing it with uh, electricity. All right, splits, you're out of here. Uh, uh, if a four-year cycle holds, Bitcoin probably tops out 21 days from November 20. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Need to watch to confirm. I, I need to look at my charts. I think it's summer October or end of the year 2025. And again, it might, you know, goes out. 
Uh, Spitz was. Uh, oh, if he comes back, we'll just perma ban him. <laughs> so yeah, I need to look at my charts. They're on my main computer, not on this laptop. Old GPUs, hell yeah, make it work, man. And then you uh, you build a little shed outside of your house, right? And then you shuttle the the heat exhaust through your house, so you can heat the house in the winter also. All right, guys, let's close it off here. This was fun. I hope you guys got all your uh, drug questions answered. <laughs> and if I was trolling, well, you can't always get a serious response out of me. Guys, this was fun. Um, I hope you guys have a nice weekend. Enjoy yourself. Tomorrow I'm going to eat a lot, fuckload of food, a lot of sushi, because uh, I've been abstaining from food for five and a half days, and I'm mad hungry, dude. So peace out. Enjoy yourself. And we'll see you guys next week. And, uh, you know, Hang on to your um, ball sack until then. Uh, good things will come next week again. Yeah, peace. <laughs> Ciao.